and welcome to Alnaski. Another one of our lockdown series because we unfortunately are still stuck. Uh, the boys are back. I've got Peps and Monks as always. And we've got a big show planned. We want to talk about the first week of the NFL, NFL preseason. Uh, there's AFL round 23 and NRL round 23 as well. There's a whole bunch of other sports, especially the EPL just kicked off too. There's a little bit of UFC and golf news, but uh, we'll get into it in a second. A little bit of cricket news, but before we get into that, how are you boys doing? How's your week been of sport so far? Yeah, yeah good. Um, yeah, long time no see for us. Obviously, <laughs> did, did that uh, video yesterday regarding uh, the England-India test match. So, uh, long time between drinks for us boys, but 24 hours, you're saying your ugly mugs. <laughs> <laughs> you mugs it. Yeah, no, I've been good. Uh, just surviving lockdown. Uh, just trying to catch as much sport as I can in between work. It's been, yeah, it hasn't been too bad. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I think we'll kick off with our usual segment of Shout a Beer. Uh, Pepe, did you want to go first? Because you had a pretty big one. Yeah, big one. Uh, as a Carlton fan um, and as a footy fan, Eddie Betts uh, announced during the week that he will uh, be hanging up the boots uh, after after this weekend's clash. Uh, it also will be his 350th um, this weekend. So uh, a milestone game followed by a retirement. Um, he's the third Indigenous player to reach 350 games after Sean Burgoyne and Adam Goods. Three-time All-Australian, 638 goals. That's fifth amongst active players. And, um, yeah, a Carlton uh, legend or, you know, Adelaide Crows legend, I guess, was was there for a fair bit. Um, you know, one of the best goal snakes um, of, of the modern era, uh, he'll be he'll be sorely missed. I will shout Eddie a beer, and I hope he has several um, this this weekend uh, after the Giants game um, to yeah sort of commemorate a great career. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Monkey? I'll go next. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to shout a beer to Valtteri Bottas. Um, we haven't had too much F1 news lately, so I thought I'd give F1 a shout. We actually do have a little bit later on in the podcast, um, but this has got nothing to do with F1. Um, shouting him a beer for um, entering his second uh, cycling competition ever. It was the SBT gravel cycling race up at Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Um, came yeah, second in his, uh, sorry, he came fifth overall and second in his age group. Um, just an easy 64-mile race. That's 100 Ks for anyone out there who wants to know. Elevation was about 300 metres, I think, as well. So um, it's probably going to be... As in the gain in the race, 300 metres. Yeah, the, the up and down, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so probably some sort of craft beer, some IPA, <laughs> sort of hipster beer, um, considering a cycling scene, but... Yeah, Valtteri Bottas. Next beer's on me. They're all going to cruise in in a, in a flock with their uh, their cycling shoes still attached and and really <laughs> bring a lot of attention to themselves, order a few IPAs and get out of there. That's it. <laughs> Either that or maybe like a cappuccino or a long black or something. Oh, I, I reckon Valtteri might have. Mate, Colorado, home of Coors, the Coors Brewery mm-hmm. down the road from the from uh, Steamboat Springs. There, maybe he'll settle in and and knock back. <laughs> <laughs> isn't Valtteri? He's um he's Finnish, isn't he? 
Finish, yeah. Yeah, he's finished, and, yeah. I'm assuming like, they like a couple of beers. Like. <laughs> by all accounts, love a grog. I think it's, uh, they're a bit more spirits-based up there in Finland. But, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe he starts on the amber stuff before he gets wild. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Should point out as well, I guess, cycling is like, I suppose with any endurance race like F1, a massive training sort of thing mm. for them. So, yeah, um, no real surprise that he's done so well, but awesome effort nonetheless. For sure. Yeah. Which I think leave, leave me, yes. Uh, so I've got Hansel Emmanuel, uh, or Manuel, um, yep. 17 year old Dominican basketball player um, from Life Christian Academy, has received his, uh, well, received a Div 1 uh, scholarship offer uh, to go to Tennessee State to play basketball. Uh, why is this newsworthy? Why is this worthy of shouting a beer uh, or soda, considering he's bit underage um, for I, I won't tell anyone yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the fact that he's only got one arm he had an arm amputated as a child following an accident so to be he's a massive lad by all accounts um yeah. to get a d1 uh, scholarship uh, as a basketball player with only one arm is really really impressive it's, it's so unbelievable isn't it to division one the amount of guys that play basketball and the amount of guys that just make it division one college yeah, the, the fact that he's gone yeah. there as an amputee is um, unreal. Um, can't wait to keep an eye on him uh, and see how he goes. Um, maybe, maybe he can lend Ben Simmons some sh- some shooting advice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, no, um, in, in all seriousness, that that's awesome. That's awesome um, that, that he's been able to, to do that. And I imagine, uh, don't quote me, but I imagine the first ever, um, you know, amputee, um, to to make a D one squad or get offered a, a Division one scholarship, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't doubt that at all. Okay, boys. So to kick it off, we're going to talk some cricket. As I mentioned before, um, we did a video yesterday on the India England series and also what was happening in West Indies versus Pakistan, and they're in their first test. So if you want to know about those, go check that video out. Um, that of course is on our channel. But today, the big news in the cricket was the announcement of the T20 World Cup squad for Australia. Um, they've confirmed that coming up. Monks, do you want to run us through this squad that they've picked? Yeah, sure. So, like you said, announced today. So, in no particular order, we've got uh, Finchie captaining uh, and Pat Cummins vice captaining. Then, following on from them, we've got Ashton Agar, Josh Hazelwood, Josh Inglis, Mitch Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Kane Richardson, Steve Smith. Mitch Stark, Mitch Swepson, Matt Wade, Davey Warner, and Adam Zampa, with travelling reserves in Dan Christensen, Nathan Ellis, and Daniel Sams. What do you think about that team? Yeah, not too many surprises. I think um, the obvious omissions uh, would be cute boy Josh Philippi and, uh, and Moses on Rakes. Um, they really did struggle in, in those series against Bangladesh and the West Indies. Uh, we were harping on it a fair bit on the podcast. Uh, definitely big advocates for Philippi after his uh, big bash form. And, uh, and and I'm a big fan of Moses Henriques, but uh, had had ample opportunity to make this squad and, and unfortunately didn't come through with runs. So, uh, look, they're, they're probably the most notable names to miss out, but uh, given given their form, probably not the biggest surprise. Um, yeah. Steve Smith in, there was some conjecture uh, regarding his elbow injury, if he would be good to go. Uh, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, 
fucking don't worry about it. It's 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 a T20 um, comp. It's not Steve Smith's forte. Let's make sure he's right for the Ashes. Uh, I think mm. I, I think I'd, ra- I'd rather see him in this squad and and get you know even if, if it is just white ball cricket, um, just to see how his body goes and and make sure that he that he is good to go um, for, for the Ashes. But uh, yeah, they're they're probably the biggest yeah. talking points for mine. Sean, any any surprises there for you? Uh, not not really, not at all. I think as you mentioned, um, Philippe and Enrique were the kind of the guys that we wanted to push. For um, selection, and I think they've both yeah. been pipped, of course, by Mitch Maskany with his form and uh, how he played in those series. They'll so definitely get in there. Yeah, bang, um, bang the door, didn't he? Yeah. What What do you think of uh, who would be your batsman? What did, what's your lineup from that squad they picked there? Well, if we yeah, if we wanted to pick an an eleven, um, I, I think it, it probably most positions pick themselves. Uh, you, you're probably opening here with uh, with Finch and Warner. Uh, do they do they keep Mitch Marsh at three, considering the form uh, that that he's had batting that position, uh, or do they go with Smudge? Uh, it's probably some kind of um, iteration of, of that. Then in the middle order, you've got Maxi and Stoinis coming back. Um, I think they pick themselves, uh, and then ooh, who do you, who who gets who gets the keeping nod? That that that's a that's a big question. Uh, they they they've gone gone with Wade and they've gone with Inglis. Um, so you'd imagine one of the, one of them uh, gets the nod, uh, probably Wade. Um, so so maybe he bats six and store in a seven. It'll probably depend on the situation. And then uh, I think your your front line bowling uh, lineup is is probably Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, and Zampa. Yeah, yeah. That's for pick themselves. So I was just interested in seeing mm. what your thoughts were on the bowling on the batting lineup. Sorry, and who you think would open, and yeah, whether. Wade gets moved because he really he opens in the T20. Yeah, yeah, well that's right. Yeah, I, I think that's your eleven. The, the order, um, uh, probably subject to um, to the the stage of the game. Uh, yeah, amongst uh, some some notable guys probably to miss out in terms of uh, bowling. Uh, uh, in Jason Berendorf, AJ Ty, um, and uh, Jai Jai Richardson um, there, but. Yeah, it's it's tough because they they only get to pick what's that uh, fourteen in the squad, and then you can have True. three three travelling reserves. So I suppose uh, Nathan Ellis and, and Dan Sams as a travelling reserves uh, there with Dan Christian, uh, uh, you know maybe a little bit of surprise uh, around around those picks, but um, yeah, I, I think I think pretty straightforward this this squad, and and I think I think our best eleven is pretty straightforward too. Yeah, as we we're talking about before, like these are the only blokes we can really pick. Um, there isn't a huge amount of depth. Um, no, yeah, the, the depth it's probably a little bit better in white ball cricket versus the red, but even still, well, we don't have we don't have shitloads of guys floating around. Uh, given given uh, these last two series against um, against Bangladesh and, and the West Indies, Bangladesh, mind you, uh, they're they're not even in the uh, the the eight that are. That get to uh, skip the the first round, so they've got to go out and play another three games before we even uh, sure. you know enter the enter the competition. Um, so they're they're not even uh, guaranteed a spot. They should cruise through the, um, the, those qualifiers. But uh, the fact that we um, that we got pants by them for one um, <laughs> le- leading into a, you know only a few months out from a World Cup, it's um it's pretty concerning as an Aussie cricket fan. True, but I would say I think what there's been six or seven changes from that squad 
potentially of the 11 to what will actually be in the World yeah, Cup. So, so who, who have we got coming in? Warner, Finch, Cummins, Maxwell, Stoinis. Uh, that's it, I think. So, 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 so five, five big names to come in. So you'd hoping, you'd be hoping that uh, that all those guys uh, managed to turn around uh, some pretty dismal uh, performances of late. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Any other thoughts on cricket? Anything else happening in the cricket world? Uh, nothing comes to mind. Um, yeah, got the third test coming up, uh, but that's not till next week between England and India. I think West Indies, Pakistan, uh, second test, I think that starts Saturday. So uh, we'll, we'll be able to keep an eye on that before um, England and India go at it in the third test that leads there. Yeah, yeah. I suppose also we'll keep talking about it as we lead into, but T20 World Cup starts 17th of October. Um, first match is Oman against Papua New Guinea, so I'm sure a lot of people will be tuning in on that. Um, but yeah, we'll keep following that as we get closer. Is Raphael this weekend? No, it's still a while away. It's September something. The IPL start date is it? The, is that the first week of September? Second right. week. Second week of September. It's, it's still a while Again, away. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, it's it's it is coming up, and there is minimal um, overlap between the uh, the Indian uh, tour of England and the IPL. Yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah, have you got a date for us, there, Marks? It's uh, it's it's mid September. Can't find one for us. Oh. Uh, yeah, twentieth September. Sorry, twentieth. Yeah, we first game back back, back but yeah, a month, away. A, a, yeah a month from tomorrow for us. So. <laughs> Yeah. Plenty of time to yeah. That's it. Alrighty then. All right. Well, moving on. The old esky, the old esky segue between cricket and the NFL. Yes. Um, <laughs> give me two seconds. Keeping it semi-international. <laughs> got the got the Broncos hat out of nowhere there. Live yeah. well, Dress appropriately. <laughs> I had nothing Broncos on, so I had to. Had to confirm it up. So yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It's pretty unusual uh, for you to not to be rocking any uh, any mile high merchandise. Yeah, there you go. It was in with arm reach, so I thought I'd whack it on. There you go. Very good. Would uh, you like to run us change? through the, the NFL news stories? Yeah, well, kind of three over the last week since the last pod. There's also been a full round of preseason games as well to cover. Um, what was kind of interesting, I think, is uh, Joe. How do you say his last name? Schubert. Yeah, Schobert, yep. Yeah. Uh, inside linebacker, played for um, – who did he play for? Browns. Um, I think and then he signed, for Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah, and then um, went to Jacksonville on a big deal, five-year, $54 million deal, and then he got traded in his second year. So in his second year, he's off to the Steelers. Um, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think I think he ended up rating pretty poorly, if you believe, um, the BF. PP PF PFF yeah PFF yeah. <laughs> pro football something rather um, <laughs> uh, uh, so rated pretty lowly so I think the Jags were just looking to move his deal and Pittsburgh mm-hmm. I think Devin Bush for them is coming off an ACL or a knee related injury so yep. a bit mm-hmm. bit of backup for them um, so that's a, not a bad get and so hopefully they can kind of rebuild him behind a very um, good front seven. Mm-hmm. And then the big one, this kind of kicked off early in the week uh, for Jamal Adams where they were uh, 
he was kicking up a stink about, hey, if you tag me as a safety, I'm actually a linebacker, and there's a big, there's about a four mil year difference on the tag between those mm-hmm. two positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did end up getting paid. He got a four year deal to become the highest paid safety, which is kind of <laughs> with the <laughs> In inverted commas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's not really a safety. I think he played almost 400 snaps out of like a linebacker position last year. Yeah. So he, yeah. he's the definition yeah. of the hybrid for the Seahawks. Yeah, but they've, they've signed him up long term you know, on a big deal. So he's staying put. Do you, know, do you know how many career interceptions he has? Oh, not off the top of my head. 20? Two. Two? There you go. Not even yeah. close. <laughs> Two. Uh, I saw, yeah, I saw a little meme during the week. Uh, you remember Vince Wilfork, uh, big big defensive tackle from uh, from the Patriots. I think won three Super Bowl rings with them. He has three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, not not known for um, for his coverage. Uh, known as being yeah. a, a hard hitting uh, hybrid type, and and just gets bogged sacks. Uh, considering you know he, he's meant to be a safety, yeah, um, but yeah, safety. definitely comes. Come, comes down and, and, and plays as that eighth man in the box. And, um, yeah, he, he's got himself a, a massive deal there. So uh, the Seahawks trying to, you know, channel the old leg, legion of boom and uh, and uh, get, you know, a, a, uh, I don't want to say Cam Chancellor, you know, kind of, kind of different, but that, that's probably... I was thinking the same thing, so... Yeah, yeah. that's pro- probably the, um, the the comparison that, that comes to mind. Mm. And the final bit of news before we get into some of reviewing some of the games was there's some chat during the week about Usain Bolt trying to uh, do a race against Tyreek Hill. He said, I'd, I'd happily race him. I'll put one of my gold medals on it as long as he put up one of his Super Bowl rings. Um, yeah. Super Bowl, and Bolt even said he'd give him a little bit of a head start. So um, I don't well, think Tyreek Hill even gets within, say, 10 metres, even with a retired Bolt. He's just that fast. Oh, 10, 10 metres is a long way, but, yeah, you you have to give him a, a huge head start for one. And for two, I don't know if this is a fair wager. Those Super Bowl rings, uh, us, we, we, thought, we were talking about Tom Brady and the and the Bucks one. Mate, they must be yeah. worth about half a million each. And <laughs> these, these gold medals, I don't know if you can melt, melt the gold down, but uh, I don't I'm not sure they're even made of gold. I don't know if it's like like this this wager here from you, Sam. Yeah, well, the other thing is Bolt's got three goals. Um, well, well, he's got not, well, he's got three. three. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's got multiple he's got nine. He's got nine total, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. He's just like, yeah. I'll pull out this 200 I won four, you know, three Olympics ago, and like, you can have that one. Yeah, well, I don't care about. Got one Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Maybe he should wager all nine of his gold medals. To be <laughs> honest, I'm surprised this made the cut uh, for our NFL news, and uh, we probably... probably <laughs> <laughs> what, on, on I, that. I think less less, less the wager. The actual race is, I think, the thing that interests me. Seeing a seeing a guy that's considered probably one of the fastest, if not the fastest, wide receiver in there, the NFL, going up against the fastest man in the world at Gus Gould. Um, yes. So uh, that's not named Josh Adokar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to kind of show, uh, even a retired guy that hasn't done professional running for four years, let's say. Uh, could probably still go out there and smoke the the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Easily, like you you have to be giving him a, a massive head start. Uh, we saw how DK Metcalf um, went in uh, in the in the trials uh, in the hundred meters for for trying to make the Tokyo Olympics. They're they're different game. Like NFL fast is is not sprinting fast. They're they're uh, superhuman athletes. It's a, it's 
amazing that DK even considered uh, giving that a crack. Uh, but guys that have trained their whole life to run 100 metres really quick uh, compared to guys that, that uh, train to play football, it's, it's not quite the same. Agreed. So with that, let's have a run through some of these preseason games. We'll kick mm. off the Steelers versus the Eagles. Um, bit of Eagles news. So Hertz played a little bit and then gave way to Flacco. Mm-hmm. I don't think Flacco's um, going to push Hertz at all for this team. Uh, he did have that nice little screen. Um, to was it Watkins? I think it was. Um, uh, went eighty. Was it? Um, um, no, I don't. No, not Sam. And we're not talking Sammy Watkins. We're talking um, Quen Watkins. I think it was. Something. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Anyway, another young rookie coming through. Got wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. the big story I think out of this one was probably Dane um, Dwayne Haskins actually mm-hmm. being impressive. Like. Um, I saw some jokes here that Mike Tolman will turn Haskins around and he'll win more Super Bowls than Ben Roethlisberger did with the Steelers. <laughs> As like, that, that would be pretty classic, but you know, he had well, talent. He's got, a two, he's got a two-ring head start there. Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting, though. Again, only one game, uh, you know, not a massive sample size there. Um, but preseason but, at that as well. And preseason, that's right. Uh, I can't imagine too many... Uh, of the Eagles starters were, were lining up against him on defense. Um, I don't but, think anyone played, only like one or two teams played like a couple series with any ones. Yeah. Almost Universal was twos down across the entire league. So, yeah, it was yeah. not a lot but, of stuff. But you do have to think Big Ben is, I think, 38 going on 39 this year. His body's obviously a lot uh, slower than it used to be. Um It'll be Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph uh, fighting out for the backup position there, but it wouldn't surprise me if sometime during the year, depending on how Big Ben goes, or of course if there's an injury, if if Dwayne Haskins um, doesn't get his name called to to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there's a little bit of injury scare for Steelers today as well. I think Chase Claypool had to leave training with a bit of an injury, but I think he's okay. That was. Yeah, I think it's just a rolled ankle. Um, there, there was some footage of him uh, getting carried uh, to the sideline, I think on the arms of Big Ben and, and Juju, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, I think all reports are that he's okay. Perhaps you want to run us through Patriots taking on the football team? Yeah, in terms of a football game, uh, not that interesting. In terms of uh, what's going to go on in the season, especially from uh, the point of who will be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Uh, really quite interesting. Mac, Mac Jones uh, played about half of this game. Uh, he had 13 of 19 for 87 yards. The thing that impressed me the most was his quick release. He stands in the pocket and he gets rid of it really, really quickly. Uh, Cam didn't play too much. The The question for me is not will Mac Jones be a starting quarterback this season. I think he gets the role from Cam at some stage. The question is, does he start week one or is it a little bit down the track? Uh, I would have said it might have depended on what the team was doing because I think they're trying to potentially recreate the double tight end Tom Brady offense, getting um, Smith and Hunter over there. Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter Henry, John o. Smith. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, both are injured at the moment, so that probably doesn't help their cases. So they may want to uh, pound the ball a bit more because um, they don't have great receiving options outside of those two blokes. Anyway. I was having a look. Their receiving core is 
very ordinary. Uh, they picked up picked up Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, I believe, uh, in the off season uh, to go along there with Enkil uh, Harry. Um, I think yeah. Myers is the other one. Um, yeah, Jacoby Myers, who's sort of been a return specialist uh, yeah. over the past few years, but not really proven uh, as a as a receiver. Uh, that's one of the weaker, if not the weakest, uh, receiving cores in the NFL. Uh, and and with um you know with both Hunter Henry and Jono Smith unavailable this preseason, uh, you'd really think that the running backs um, will will have a big role. Which is a nice little segue into uh, Ramondre yep. Stevenson, um, yep. who actually who who looked really good uh, out of the backfield there uh, for the Patriots. He had ten carries, 127 yards, with two touchdowns. He's a fourth round pick out of Oklahoma. Um, he'll be trying to make this uh, squad uh, to go along with the likes of Damian Harris, who's projected to be the starter, uh, James White, Super Bowl um, maestro, and uh, and Sony PlayStation Michelle. Uh, we do know that Bill Belichick loves uh, a running back via committee. Uh, so Ramondre Stevenson putting his hand up to be the fourth running back in that committee. Yep. Yeah. And I think finalise that point. If they're going to be more of a running team than a passing team, uh, probably what helps that situation is a running quarterback. <laughs> so, um, which kind of fits well to let's let's run more option with Cam and yep. do kind of what they did last year. I'd say to a fair amount. Yeah. And, and we'll, go. You go. I was going to say, once they get the tight end boys healthy, maybe that's a month in and they're probably 0-4 at that point. I don't think the Patriots are going to be... Um, their defense, I think, is going to be better this year with all the opt-outs and the guys back. But I don't think they're red hot like they were. But they could start poorly. And at that point, if they're getting healthy, got some receiving options, they'll probably hand it over to Mac and say, do what you can with what we've got in front of you. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get you some, some receivers in the offseason. Yeah. You'd think if Cam wasn't starting week one, he probably would have been moved on by now. And they would have brought in someone else as a as a backup for Jones. I think Hoyer's still there. So that... Yeah, Hoyer's still there. He played a little bit. Yeah, yeah, possibly as well. You you might keep Cam around just in the fact that the guy's a NFL MVP. Um he's he's been to the Super Bowl, maybe just a little bit of veteran presence, even if they do start Mac week one. Uh, I'm sure having him around uh, wouldn't be the worst uh, thing there. Oh, the the thing that I wonder is, and we'll get to New Orleans in a sec, is is possibly if if both have a role. Um, you know, may, maybe they they have Mac Jones as your as your you know your starter, your your pocket QB, and then you come down into the red zone, and when you're five yards out, you you bring in a Cam Newton and 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 make the defense consider uh, what what's going to happen there. He's an interesting yeah. thought for you. Maybe Cam needs to play wide receiver for him. Maybe <laughs> they're too tight. Mate, he couldn't be any worse than Tim Tebow. Just just uh, chuck him. just have to line it up next year. Well, he's, he's got the, he's what is he six four, two thirty, yeah, two forty pounds, runs yeah, quick. And the rest, mate, he'll be right. Just red zone threat. There you go. <laughs> for, for the uh, for the football team, not too many starters uh, played that much. Uh, Chase Young was very impressive in the couple drives that he played, and uh, they had Steve Montez uh, under centre. Uh, he'll be juking it out uh, with uh, with Kyle Allen and Taylor Henneke uh, for a backup role uh, there. Yeah, not too much of a report back. Thanks for some chat there. Maybe Henneke could um, take some time away from Fitzmagic, but. I think Fitzmagic, mm. his role, and I don't think they're going to 
uh, handed over anytime soon. Well, he must be getting on a little bit. I'll, um... He's in his 40s. He's uh, 30, 38. 38. There you go. Yeah. 38. Yeah. yeah. So not, he's not quite old. Old man uh, Tom Brady, yeah, but thir- mate, thirty-eight is no spring chicken, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we had Titans taking on the Falcons in the next match. Mate, one of the most dud games you'll ever see, preseason or not. The uh, <laughs> the, the Falcons had twenty-eight, uh, sorry, twenty-one passing yards as a as a team. Um, the the probably the talking point. Uh, for uh, this game was five foot eight undrafted free agent um, Mikai uh, Sargent. Uh, he had 16 carries for 58 yards for the Tennessee Titans. He'll be pushing to make this team uh, kind of as a scat back option. Uh, I do see him making this uh, this final roster, uh, considering that uh, the King Derek Henry doesn't really get involved that much uh, in the passing game or at all really. And uh, we did see uh, a small uh, shifty guy in Dion Lewis uh, a few years ago uh, back at, at back at Tennessee uh, fulfilling that role. Um, so yeah, that that was probably the the talking point for mine. Just about no starters involved in this one whatsoever. We can probably move through to the Bills and Lions. And interesting enough, they did use their new toy, Jared Goff, the Lions. He did have get a couple of drives. Did have an 18 play drive. Finished nine. What was that? No, seven from nine and 56 yards in total. So mm-hmm. Nothing major. Um, I think they're kind of trying to work out their offense and their offensive weapons. I think Williams is their only kind of wide receiver of note at the moment. Uh, well, veteran presence. Um, got a bunch of young guys too they're trying to bring along. But uh, Yeah, yeah who, I, was, I was wondering that because obviously they lost Marvin Jones and Kenny uh, Golladay in uh, in the offseason. Uh, uh, they must be pretty thin at wide receiver. Yeah, uh, so they got Terrell Williams over from the Raiders. He's their main one, and then yeah. a bunch of young young fellas. I think yeah. Sam Brown is one of the other ones they're kind of interested in, who's uh-huh. the brother of Sam Brown, I think, that plays for the Packers. Yeah, e- e- Equinemius, uh, one of the more unusual first names that you get in the uh, in the NFL. Uh, the Lions, mate, you, you can't see the Lions doing too much in that division this year, you'd think. No. Uh, their team's just got too many holes at the moment. Mm. Their defense has come along. Their defense has come along, but uh, it's a it's a really tough uh, order there for the Ryan Gosling lookalike uh, in in Jared Goff uh, <laughs> at, at, at a new at a new club this year with not many weapons at his disposal. Mm. Nothing too much to write home about in the Cards versus Cowboys game because no notable starters really started in this. Yeah. Game. Yeah. There isn't really too many holes um, for guys to kind of make their way into these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hard Knocks, though, has kicked off. Um, uh, I think they're mm-hmm. up to about episode three now. Uh, episode three, yeah, I think. Yeah, I've now, caught, so. caught the first one. I do believe the second one must have dropped this week. I, I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah. Mate, that, the, whole, the whole, you know, story around Dak and, and you know, re-watching that, that, that shock uh, or horrific uh, injury, I should say, uh, back in back in the the what, fourth round last year, and looking at the scars on his ankle, um, it it was it was a, a nasty break, and uh, they've definitely missed him. Do you think with a healthy, if he stays healthy, do you think they make the playoffs this year? Well, I think they're pushing for a number one offense. They think they've got it yeah. with their, their wide receivers. Their line's pretty good. They still got Zeke back there, and you know they were. 
they got to score 50 points a game. That's kind of what they were doing last year to try yeah. and win games. And then without Dak, they couldn't put points up. So yeah, the defense should be better. They drafted heavily on the defensive they side. Did. Did. It was their first five picks or something, wasn't it? All defensive um, defensive players. Yeah, he's played a few uh, a few series and, and, and has looked the goods. Uh, their, their first round draft pick. Um, yeah, that on paper their offense should should right should be there or thereabouts for uh, for for the best offense in the NFC. Yeah, well, yeah. The other the other thing is they play in an absolute shit division, so um, which means you know they probably only need to win nine games, and I think they can do that easily. Um, yeah. and they'll be a they'll be in the playoffs or well, ten games this year. Yeah, no, uh, uh, so, can... their, their division probably eight. <laughs> <laughs> Bears Dolphins, uh, yeah. big story. Yeah. Justin Fields, uh, he stats 14 from 20, um, 142 yards, one touchdown. Said it felt slow than he expected. Yeah, um, that's, what, that, that's what you want your rookie quarterback to say. Oh, yep, I've, I've yeah. come up here, and to be honest, I was thinking it was going to be quicker. Uh, he, he looked, he looked very good, and I know again it's only you know a half of a preseason game, but every, everyone's been on his dick saying how how, how good he looked, and yeah. uh, you know maybe he he might be able to bring a, a bit of joy uh, to to a um, a very historically uh, or recently uh, disappointing franchise there. Um, he, I don't know if you guys caught the uh, the that show QB One. It's on Netflix. That actually, uh, yeah, he was he was one of the quarterbacks on that, and is now, um, you know, probably going to be a starting quarter. You'd think it's it's they've got nothing else. They can't Andy Dalton. Perhaps they give him a, a game or two at the start of the year, but you'd imagine it's it's Justin Fields' team. Um, it, it was cool to, to to watch him as a as a high schooler, um, you know, just a few years ago, and and you know, get a, a really in depth look into his life, and now. Um, I think going to be the, the first starting quarterback to come out of that show. Yep. Yeah, and he, he looks good. Only concern, though, he was playing against twos that weren't running any coverage. So, come oh. week one, it is, it is different. <laughs> uh, you know, no schemes, no de- extra defensive game planning kind of going into the preseason games. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it probably looks slow, slow now. Um, wait until you, say, run into Pittsburgh and they're running all sorts of things at you and you're like, holy fuck, what's going on? <laughs> I've seen ghosts. That's right. Yeah, TJ, what coming? Yeah. So the final kind of note from this is Tua also playing for the Finns, went 8 at 11, 99 yards, had a pretty poor intercept in the end zone after a really good drive. Yeah. Um, he did have some good completions. I think they're liking to see the progress he's making at the moment. Just made it a really poor decision on the intercept, double coverage, and I think on a, like a post and the safety just come across, took it away easy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. They've got really nothing else there. The, one of the prime candidates, I think, that's been talking about um, Deshaun Watson, um, them and Eagles being the other one uh, as well. But I think Hertz probably done enough. They really like him, all the Iowa yep. kids over there. So two, on the other hand, is they're kind of thinking about whether they flip him down to Houston and replace him with Deshaun Watson with a whole bunch of picks, et cetera. Um, Who, uh, who's the backup at, at, the, at the Finns? Who would get the job if Tua was to go? Uh, well, if they trade Deshaun Watson comes in, it'll be Deshaun. But if uh, oh, straight, straight, kind yes. of trade yeah, yeah, with him. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. My apologies, uh, Sean. Did you catch the uh, the Broncos Vikings game? And uh, and what was your thoughts on that? I did, and it was probably 
I think it was the biggest blowout from um, the round of yeah. preseason round week one games. Um, mm. Denver, though, um, I don't want to say they cheated, but they they played, I think, the first two series with <laughs> at least half of their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the problem was they wanted to get, like, fancy game time. Yep. Um, they, they got Judy and Hamler. They wanted to give Locke, who started, who's, you know, one of the guys competing was the quarterback, so, like, mm-hmm. a starter. Give him some receiving options. The whole right side of the offensive line is kind of um, in conversations about who's going to start, who's going to play there. So they mm. play center, right, right guard, and right tackle. Who's probably going to be their starting um, uh, offensive line as well. So they had talent there. They didn't play many of the massive stars on defense though. But yeah, on the offense, they did that. And then Locke started off pretty well. They kind of dominated field possession and um, really went after the the uh, the young. Um, young Vikings team they put out there. Uh, Mike Zimmer, I think they famously did an interview at halftime and just got stuck into his team about how they we played really terribly. We missed his safety coverages. We did this. We, mm. We're going to scrimmage all week with this group because they need to lift their game. So he wasn't impressed. I think Vikings played poorly and mm. Denver had you know played better and then were on on a tear. So they did end up doing pretty good. Um, PS two, um, Patrick Satan. The second, he yeah. looks really good. Yeah, he had a big 60. Yeah, yeah, add a four to that number, and then you, you, you kind of look like champ a little bit, run around there, big big corner. As, you know, yeah. so he looks like he's improved since um, he played at Alabama already. Like, you can see, yeah. like, he, he looks he looks good. So, we're interested to see how that kind of fits in. But, you know, Ted, the, the big story is Teddy versus um, Locke, uh, who's going to be the quarterback. They both yep. did well. Um, I think Locke had the overall best quarterback rating for the week. Uh, and then Teddy was only like 10 points behind that. Like they, they both did well and they, they yeah, did well. Um, uh, twos and threes of the Vikings. So they'll flip it this week. Um, Teddy will start against um, the Seahawks and then Locke will come out after that. And then I think we might have an announcement on who the quarterback is, but from all accounts, it's still neck and neck. Did you see much out of their second round pick, Javante Williams running back? Yeah, looks good. I think he only got five carries, maybe 30-ish yards. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Good carries. It did help that he had an offensive line that was opening up massive holes for him to run through. Um, yeah. Having a fair few starters out there. So that did help him. But yeah, we're interested to see how he goes. Melvin Gordon, I think, um, struggling a little bit with a calf injury at the moment, but he's their one essentially at this point. Um, but C. Williams' usage probably um, expanding over the season. You don't pick a second round running back to not use him. That's right. And, and these days, a second-round running back is like – running backs don't tend to go early. He, he probably would have been one of the first cabs off the rank in the in the running back uh, draft class for this year. Oh, yeah, he was third behind Ente yeah. uh, and uh, Harris. Andre Harris, yep. Uh, Philip Lindsay, he went to Houston, didn't he? So <laughs> – yes. uh, some maybe even some potential fantasy value around uh, Javante Williams. Yeah, well, Lindsay's stuck in a battle with um, David Johnson and Mark Ingram. It seems like David Johnson's yeah. on the outside looking in at the moment. Seems oh, like right. it does. Lindsay yeah. had more carries, but whether that's just preseason week one, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's watch it for a couple more weeks and see who's going to be the starter there. That Houston team's going to get the first round pick next year. Let's put it that way. They stink. You call it. You call it early. Yeah, they think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are we up to? Uh, What's next? Raven Saints. Raven Saints, yeah. Well, yeah. 
we alluded to it earlier that the big story is uh, who who will be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans. Obviously, no Drew Brees this season, um, so it's a, a it's a battle between Taysom Hill, uh, the world's most overpaid tight end, um, and and uh, and Jameis Winston. <laughs> Um, neither super impressive uh, in this one. Uh, I think Taysom was eight of twelve for eighty-one yards. Had a pick here. He didn't run the ball at all. Um, so I don't know if that was a deliberate thing uh, from Sean Payton there to try and say, okay, well we know how good you are with your legs. Uh, let's let's see what you can do in the pocket. And then uh, yeah. and Jameis went seven of twelve for ninety-six yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, the big I'm question sure on that. Yeah, that's right. Thirty for thirty, <laughs> one for one. Uh, you know, it all it all uh, it all makes sense. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the big question on everyone's lips uh, in in terms of the New Orleans Saints is who will be the starting quarterback week one. Have you boys got any uh, thoughts regarding that? Uh, the competition for me comes very simply: who can hand off better to Kamara? <laughs> or. Or yep. in uh, in Drew Brees fashion, check it down uh, better better than Kamara. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that that's got to be your True. game plan. Uh, Kamara for four hundred touches this year, I reckon. Yeah. 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 Monks yeah. thoughts? Um, that's a good question. It's so hard. Um, I am a little bit of a fanboy of Taysom Hill. I don't mind him yep. getting around around the field. Um, I don't know. You. You'd think Winston probably does edge it out as a passer. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, yeah, so I reckon he'd probably start, see how consistent or inconsistent he is, and then um, I reckon it'd be a very quick change to to Taysom. Yep. If he doesn't prove yeah. himself. I, I alluded I alluded to it earlier in the podcast. Um, I, I, my personal uh, opinion is I think Jameis gets, gets the start here and that uh, Sean Payton... Uh, they've spent all this money on on Taysom Hill. I think they utilise him uh, in in the red zone and uh, some some drawn yeah. up sort of Taysom packages. Uh, you know whether that be on third and short um, or, or certain situations where they can utilise a mobile quarterback. Uh, that 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 that's my take at the moment. I think I think Jameis will be their starting pocket guy, but they'll they'll still uh, rely heavily on uh, on the uh, on the skills that Taysom provides. Yeah, no, definitely. Ravens, on the other hand, nothing major news to come out from them, I think. Yeah, no starters really involved in this one. They did get the win, and I think I think they've won eighteen of their last. They've won eighteen straight preseason games. Yeah, so something ridiculous like that. I think also them based depth. Maybe that maybe their their backups are just really really strong, um, or if it's something that that uh, Harbaugh uh, you know tends to focus on. But it, it's a pretty amazing uh, statistic. That's what four four and a bit preseasons they haven't lost. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think they did lose. Um, what was he Rasar, Chad Bateman? Well, they lost yeah. that receiver the wide out for about a month. I think he should be right for the start of the season, but he's right. a bit banged mm. up. At the moment, too. Um, Lamar's probably the big one. I think he's back from COVID too. Second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk Bears, Jags. Not Bears. Browns. Browns, Jags. <laughs> Dickhead. Yeah. Uh, 
one one of the more intriguing uh, matchups here. Uh, yeah, bloke called Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure mm. any uh, casual NFL fan has heard of him. Uh, the number one overall draft pick uh, going up against uh, the the Cleveland Browns, who by all accounts look to be uh, improving uh, on uh, on their efforts from last year. Uh, Lawrence, he, he played a few uh, series. He went six of nine for 71 yards. This Jacksonville offense should be really quite good, I would think. Uh, what what We've are we got talent at the skill positions? I think their line's probably what lets yep. him down at the moment. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they've got, as you got listed there, James Robson, Carlos Hyde, um, the number one uh, first round draft pick in, in Intente as well. Um, yeah. So, I think Travis Etienne. Etienne. Uh, yep. And then they, they added uh, Marvin Jones, uh, Philip Dorsett, and uh, and Tavon Austin, and drafted LaVisca Chanel. So that they've brought in four wide receivers, uh, including second-round pick Chanel there. So DJ Shark will actually have a little bit of help there. Uh, yeah, that, they're stacked. Yeah. They're stacked mm-hmm. at the um, at the skill positions. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, noise around Tim Tebow. Let's more talk about Tebow than anything else. <laughs> yeah, essentially, and the yeah. the poor bloke, he he got cut. He didn't make the squad. Yeah. No, I think he got one target, and I think Austin stole that and ran about forty meters with that. So, yeah. <laughs> there, could, there could have been a big Tebow run there, but it was a target for him. But Austin came across and stole it from him. Anyway, yeah. what was interesting in this game was Minshew. I don't think. I think he only played a little bit, and I don't think he did it um, overly too well with his stats. Because I think he was uh, four for eight, yeah. um, forty-seven yards, one interception. Because I think the Jags really want to put good tape of him out there. So they mm. they want to move him. Uh, I I would think they they can't have him as the starter, and they've got to hand that team over Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. uh, and they've got value in him. They 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 want him to do well in the preseason because team like the Colts. Maybe the Saints is an outside one. There's a few teams there that could do with some quarterbacks. Um, the Eagles, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is, is you yeah. know, 100% ready to go as a as a um, starting NFL quarterback. But I, I, don't, I don't think Minshew's a huge gain over Hurts. Like, he might be want to see what Hurts got for a year. Uh, mm-hmm. But someone like the Colts, who they've just lost Wentz, he's probably going to miss three quarters of the season. Um, you know, it, they they want him to put good tape on so they can at least trade him to a team that's going to be desperate. Yeah, get a bit of trade value. Yeah, but yeah, to, yeah. for him to put up nothing really hurts their chances. Yeah, not really helping himself. Do you reckon he's resigned to just being that backup quarterback? No, he wa- he wants the starting job. He's he's competing. Yeah. Oh, I know he wants it, but he's he's, he's worth it somewhere <laughs> else. Yeah, he doesn't have. He's got quarterback Jesus in front of him. Like he's yeah. He, <laughs> um, win that starting job, I don't well, think. Oh, yeah, definitely not the Jags, yeah. What about uh, the Bengals and, and your team, Munts, the Bucks? Did you catch much of that game? Yeah. First uh, question, why the fuck was Tom Brady playing in a preseason game? <laughs> he played a draw. He played yeah. a draw. Got he, sacked uh, and they're like, right. get your ass out of there. <laughs> yeah, he threw a ball, uh, the, the old old 43-year-old. Um yeah. And then Kyle Trask was less less than impressive. Monks, did yep. you catch much of this? Uh, no, unfortunately, I didn't catch much of it at all. Um, yeah, haven't really got much to say. He was too busy recovering after seeing Tom Brady got sacked. So. <laughs> yeah, what, what <laughs> that's it. Get him out. 
That's it. Yeah, um, much like most of the other uh, preseason games, weren't too many starters um, throughout the game. I think, yeah, Blaine Gabbert ended up taking most of the, the snaps yeah. for the rest of the game. Um, How many sacks do you reckon Tom Brady's taken in his career? In his whole career? I reckon it's got to be what? around 500. Well, how many seasons are we? He's in his 22nd season, 23rd season. And that's 25 a season, is it? Yeah, I think that's about average. I think that's probably unders. Yeah, so, I think it's unders as well. So, so well, it hasn't been injured that much. So I think 500 is a pretty accurate uh, call there. I can I can have a look at that if you uh, if you boys want to want to continue to take the uh, show away. I've got it right here. Uh, 521. There you go. Right on, Sean. Well done. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take on over 500 sacks. I don't think one more is going to be risking too much. Fair. Yeah. He did do an ACL, what, a decade ago. So um, I think think he's going to be all right. Yeah, that's right. He did did his ACL uh, a career ago. Yeah, exactly. If you're a Bucks fan, all you got to worry about is Brady probably drinking too many of these while he's in Florida at the moment. Oh. Uh, He just does that 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 super fast Some of the photos from it. Holy shit. (laughs) I That's think probably what's keeping him together. He's just yeah, a few back, keeping loose on the field. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the Bengals, they had nothing too major. Yeah. No go bar, of course. I think they yeah. got protect him. Um, mm. They had running back, undrafted running back, Patrick. He played in the XFL last year. He got plenty of action. 15 carries for 71 yards. I think that's Mixon's team, though. Um, I don't think anyone's taking yeah. that. So Mixon, who's coming back from an injury himself. No, God no, but uh, I think I think Patrick will make that squad. Um, yeah. Is what yeah. And no, no Bernard there anymore. So there's um, some room for some potential extra touches there to dispel Mixon as well. And one of the yeah. probably the shittest games of all time, and uh, why we talk about how shit this division is. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from well, Giants on one side, and then you got Jets with um, in their division too. But yeah, absolute yeah. snooze fetch between the Jets and Giants from New. New York, uh, 12C, seven, both teams really struggled. Um, Zach Wilson, not too bad, six of nine for 63 yards. Um, I think these teams were going to stink this year. Yeah, uh, but both of them are probably competing with uh, the Houston Texans uh, for the first overall draft pick in 2023, or 2022, I should say. Um, yeah, uh, the the lows other one point I wouldn't mind making is uh so this game was twelve seven and that was pretty indicative of the round uh I, I can't remember preseasons being this low scoring um I don't I don't know if it's a function um of of this year and there being less preseason games maybe the starters playing a little bit less um did did you boys notice that there was uh, some particularly low scoring games in this round. Yeah, and I think the, the, the Broncos yeah. game as well for the guys that did play some starters kind of showed the different levels there was to this. And I think yeah. it hit the nail on the head up. For whatever reason, um, this year in the preseason games, there's absolutely like no starters playing, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Whether they are, whether that's kind of on the players and they've kind of talked to their coaches, like it's a 17-game season now. We're going to have mm-hmm. 17 really hard games, rest us up. Maybe we'll play a series in the third game just to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, but mm. don't risk us, Re- risk us, and especially the quarterbacks. No, no one wants to touch, you know, put quarterbacks out there. I think mm. uh, McVay was the classic one say, "While well, I'm a coach here, Matthew Stafford, Stafford will not play a um, preseason game." So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of the sentiment now. Do you reckon that will lead into like a bit of a slow start into the season as those starters do get some game time under the belt? Potentially. And we saw it a little bit last year when um, coming off essentially no training camps, lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. It started off a bit slow for the first couple of weeks, maybe even the first month. Uh, but then everyone got real hot and then they were, they were gone. So, mm. yeah, I'd, I don't think it'd be too much of an issue, um, that much of an issue. What I did find interesting, though, is if you're watching your team and your clubs play, if you're watching the sidelines, because they like to show the sidelines a lot, uh, if you want to pick out your unvaccinated players, they're the ones that have to wear masks on the sidelines. Uh, <laughs> oh, for real. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of realised, I was like, because watching the Broncos Vikings games, Broncos are heavily vaccinated. I think, mm. who was it? One of the teams hit a 100% vaccination during the The, the Falcons, I'm pretty sure. The Falcons, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, watching the Vikings, I was just like, say 80% of their players weren't wearing masks. And then mm-hmm. there's a couple that were, and some of the big name players, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, why are they doing that? And then it tweaked with me. They have to wear masks because that's, that's their rules for them being unvaccinated players. So if you want to know who's not vaccinated on your team, they're wearing masks on the sideline. On the sideline, but they can take it off when they go into the field. Yeah. Most of these, most of the guys that were wearing masks were starters. Um, so yeah, they weren't actually playing in this game. But Yeah, yeah, not this game, but once the season starts. Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that all goes together. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit of a evolving news story at the moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Let's um let's wrap up these last few games. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs forty niners. Uh, Mahomes had a drive, and then the Chiefs right. didn't really play um, any of their starters. The big story out of this one was trade Lance. Uh, he only completed five of fourteen, um, but did I've have. I've actually a... been looking for this because I can't remember if this is actually wrong. I thought it was eleven from fourteen, and I thought NFL website and they're actually recording. Maybe. Recording. Yeah, so I actually thought it was better than that. Because when We're I threw it down, I was like, "That's that's terrible stats." And but everything he's, I could find says it's five, fourteen. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had that one big touchdown, um, which was the big news that he yeah. had that eighty yarder. Yeah, because yeah. he did throw for 128 yards, but if he had one huge, it was, yeah, 80, it was 80 on one play. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, because five for fourteen, that makes you a little bit worried. Like he did have that one good, really bomb, bomb, but yeah. yeah. He's, that's that's a pretty low completion percentage that you would be concerned about. I I think Jimmy G starts week one, um, <laughs> and and I think Trey will be an understudy to him for a little bit. Uh, whether or not he gets to go ahead uh, sometimes this season, you'd probably think he does. Uh, I, I just I think I think out of the out of the uh, highly drafted rookie quarterbacks, I think he's the furthest off being a starter. Yeah. Considering he was the second pick. Third, yeah. third overall. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot yeah. those three straight picks of quarterbacks. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Lawrence, Lawrence will start week one. Uh, Zach Wilson will start week one. Uh, Mac Jones, I think, will start before Trey Lance does. And I think Justin Fields will start before Trey Lance does. But... How good. We're talking about five rookie quarterbacks that, that could potentially be starting in the first uh, month of the NFL here. So uh, definitely a lot to talk about in terms of um, uh, new, you know, new guys um, in the league. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to the start of the uh, of the season. 
Yeah. As a Packers fan, um, you know, pretty happy that that Rogers uh, will be playing uh, for, for Green Bay this year. Uh, he didn't take any part in this game. Jordan Love actually didn't look too bad. He had 12-17 for 122 yards in a loss against the Houston Texans. Uh, make of that uh, what you will. I know it is only the preseason. Uh, and there were a few other games, the Raiders and the Seahawks, the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, the, the best thing out of that Rams-Chargers game, that was a very low-scoring one, was the fight between the uh, between two Los Angeles Rams fans uh, in the in the stands. Uh, have a look at uh, that one on, on the YouTubes, if you will. Uh, and the Colts-Panthers game, there was a bit of a silly taunting penalty. Sean, did you see that one? Yeah, I did. Um, and this this went to what we were talking about, I think, last week with the you know emphasis um, – on taunting coming into the season. And I think the Giants owner came out and talked about it and said, hey, we don't want to see that stuff. So, you know, the old White's not happy about taunting in the NFL, the no fun league. Um, what what actually happened? So he was, was it a running back? Point? Was that... Yeah, no, it was the running back. So he's yeah. kind of got hit the line. He's got like four blokes on him, manages to like bust out of that and then get tackled after, say, a 10 yard first down. Yeah, um, so a real hard as, nose sort of run up the middle. Yeah. As he gets yeah. up, he does like a slight flex looking at the defender that's tackled him. Kind oh, of realized, I didn't see this. Yeah, kind of yeah. realizes yeah. that, oh, maybe I'll get done for this, turns around and then flexes again, facing away from the dude. <laughs> but by the time the yeah. ref has gone, penalty. So, yeah, um, see. And the see players, that, up, like other I players, know, I don't know, flex, I don't know if flexing is taunting. Like, no. That's yeah. it, just the, like the, a. Yeah, so you're, just, you're celebrating to yourself. Like, come on, like, you just yeah, made a huge like, hit, just got busted yeah. through the line, made yeah. 10 yards, made an awesome play. And yeah, like, I, I hope they're not. You too stand up at the wrong direction and you're yeah. facing an opposition player and you're flexing yourself, and that's a penalty. It's, yeah. I, I hope they don't adjudicate that too harshly this season. Uh, I think it might take away from the spectacle a little bit. I mm-hmm. I do think that sometimes it can be over the top in the NFL, you know, when the. You know, if you're scoring a touchdown and they're, and they're pointing pointing at the defender that's chasing them, or or um, you know a Tyreek Hill, if you will, with the with the wave, I think they can um, you know make do with getting rid of uh, that that kind of uh, behaviour. But you know, you you pumped up a little a little bit of a flex. I don't think that that any that hurt anyone. So it'd be interesting to see how they um adjudicate that. I don't mind like the Tyreek Hill type of thing. It's probably I think um, what they should be stamping out is like. Some guys just laid someone out, got a concussion, and standing over him and celebrating that. Like I think that that definitely needs to be cut out of the game. But yeah. like, yeah, celebrating on your way to a touchdown, like that's just a part of the spectacle of the game. Like, it's fun watching that sort of stuff. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't, there's a difference again between celebrating, you know, and and being pumped mm. up, and turning around and and making it about the defender and and not being about you. I think they don't, they don't want guys to get in other guys' faces, essentially. Like, you know, don't be in their yeah. grill going off on them as, like, you know, get stuck into them. But, hey, it's a, it's a warrior sport at this point, so. Yeah, exactly right. Like, and, what I'm worried about is Von Miller and, like, his hip thrusts. Um, <laughs> his celebrations, <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. I, I don't want Von missing any weeks. Um, from <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's some of the loosest hips in the NFL. Yeah, so, anyway. 
Um, the only other news coming out of this Colts uh, Panthers games was PJ Walker playing for the Panthers. Had had actually a really good game. Probably yeah. one of the most notable being probably the uh, I think I don't think he got the MVP, but he was the best quarterback coming out of the XFL for that year that they played, and he has continued that form. They do have Sam Donald there, who's they kind of banking on, but hey, maybe look out for PJ Walker as a as a late kind of inclusion as a guy that seems to be doing it all for him at the moment. Yeah, how good I hadn't even considered that that um, that Sam Donald's uh, job uh, or, or that uh, you know starting QB uh, position there at Carolina was was uh, was under threat. So that that'll be another one to keep an eye on. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine that uh, an XFL uh, quarterback coming in and starting in the NFL. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone's kind of done that trajectory since they couldn't. Well, when I did it after playing arena football, like. Um, yeah. I can't think of anyone else that's kind of followed that same sort of path. Um, mm. You know, I know a few guys played a Europe um, football when they had that league kind of mm. match time and then came across, but I don't think anyone's ever, you know, ascended to starting quarterback after playing in a second tier league for quite a while. Yeah, for sure. That'll be, um, that'll be one to keep an eye on there. So um, probably uh, wrap us up. Yeah. Monty, you have a comment? I was just, just going to ask. Um, obviously, oh, well, I guess on the other side of the world with the Colts, obviously with Wentz out, what do you think about the Colts um, and their their passing attack, I guess? Seemed yeah, pretty uh, promising all, with Eason. Yeah, by all, accounts, by all accounts, Jacob Eason wasn't bad. Um, they, they did have uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor have a breakout year as a rookie last year. I expect him to ma- mm. uh, be a major part of this offense, obviously losing Quinton Nelson uh, is a massive uh, yeah. out for them as well on the offensive line. Are uh, probably the best guard in the NFL at the moment. Yeah, okay. uh, so, so whether or not that'll affect their ability to pound the rock, uh, but if if they can just get, uh, I get again, I haven't seen enough of um, of Eason to really um, wonder where he's at. Um, but they're they're not in a very strong division. Um, their defense is good. Um, yeah. I just I just expect uh, Taylor to get a, a massive um, role uh, at the start of the, this season uh, until Wentz is healthy to come back or or may you know yeah. Wentz wasn't that great last year maybe Eason uh, seizes um, the ball by the horns and and really makes this job his. Yeah, for, for a team that made the playoffs last year, yeah, I've got a lot of questions and be worried as a Colts fan. Hopefully they can turn yeah. it around. I'll see how they go in the next couple of preseason games. Uh, week two does kick off tomorrow. You got Eagles taking on the Patriots uh, tomorrow morning. Out yep. mm. You'd say uh, in the AFC South there, it's Tennessee and then daylight. Um, you'd think, given given the injuries uh, to Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz. Mm. That's NFL for the week. I think we're going to jump down into the AFL and tackle some of the AFL. Uh, pre-finals by round has been scrapped. That's probably the biggest news. Um, just keep going, keep keep it rolling. <laughs> Had the buy around for the last four years. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to get a 25th September grand final. Do they have a location? Have they agreed that's going to this is going to be in Perth, or is it? It's looking likely it's not on the east coast. Is what we're, what they're thinking? Yeah, it, it looks like uh, Perth and Adelaide are duking it out um, to host the AFL grand final this year. Um, all you know, indications seem to be pointing towards Perth. Um, we saw a full uh, crowd there 
for for the Derby on the on Sunday uh, night there between West Coast and Fremantle. Uh, Mark McGowan's been very strict uh, with who can go in and out of um, of the Western State there, um, and and you have to think as well. Optus Stadium only a few years old. Uh, I think all indications probably point toward towards Perth hosting their first AFL Grand Final. Yeah. Which will be interesting because two years back to back, one and one in the Gabba, and now we're going to go over to Perth for a, for a grand final. The Melbourne, unfortunately, I think they had twenty odd cases again today. Like the yeah, it's uh, you, when do you make a decision as well? You know, it's the AFL grand final in terms of getting all the infrastructure and and everything set up. Um, you know, around um, you know public transport and get getting all the staff in that you you will. Um, need to host a grand final. I don't think it's a decision that you could be making uh, much more than, say, two weeks out. So unless there's some kind of drastic change uh, in the Victorian COVID cases in um, in the next, uh, say, fortnight, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Perth's probably the front runner to to be hosting their first AFL grand final. Yeah, and on the yeah. flip side, looking at the NRL, I think they've said they're going to stay in Queensland for the remainder of the season. So. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer in the in the league um, to to cross codes. Um, I think I think SunCorp will be hosting the um, the NRL Grand Final um, pretty comfortably um, this year. Yeah, but that that'd be I think three months in total if you make it all the way through your team in Queensland. Um, yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway, um, oh, Peppy's just walked away. Um, <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> I was going to ask him what's going on in Richmond. Um, they're who are they investigating? They're investigating Dion for Dion for yeah. a passport. Yeah. yeah, is this a COVID yeah. breach? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he was he was photographed um, with a uh, yeah yeah with a bunch of uh, little fireball shots. Um, and <laughs> think about a drink, bro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you do have to be very careful on that, as you do with any yeah, spirit. They're tasty, uh, but they're not like it's not helping your image. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> what, if you're gonna get caught that? with something, get caught with something good. Mate, if you've got you know, if you've got eight little shots of any spirit in front of you, none of that looks good for your image. <laughs> Unless it's eight eight shots of COVID vaccine, that's the only thing that you get caught with. It. <laughs> they'd probably say hey why have you got that that should be that should be going into someone someone's arm um yeah look i don't know what to make of this i don't think uh i don't know if richmond's too concerned about it uh it doesn't seem that he was on this on this pub crawl uh so i think they've sort of been these underground sort of pub crawls um being being organized uh you know via the wonders of social media uh, where people just sort of cruise around different pubs that are doing takeaway, um, and, and you know having trying to have a little bit of fun uh, against against the uh, rules down there in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, if Pressia was uh, involved in that or if someone just snapped a picture um, with him. You know, been down there. Um, just picking up some takeout from his local, supporting the local. Um, not too much noise out of this. Uh, I don't think this will be a massive story uh, as we move forward. Uh, something big uh, to come out of Richmond uh, in the last 24 hours, however, is the retirement of Basha Hawley. Uh, 232 AFL games, uh, 206 with the Tigers. I did forget 
uh, started his um, his career um, as a bomber. Uh, three uh, premierships, 2019 All-Australian, and the first devout uh, Muslim to play in the AFL. There's been a few other guys, you know, uh, that have sort of come from Islamic families, uh, but I think he's sort of been the first, you know, to be observing Ramadan and, and still playing. Um, so, so a real uh, trailblazer in the in the Muslim community uh, here in the AFL. Uh, so uh, he'll be sorely missed. A staple of um, of the Richmond Tigers um, back six through three premierships and a, and a big reti- retirement out of Windy Hill um, with Hooker. Um, calling it a day uh, that will be when the season finishes, whenever that is for uh, for the Bombers. It could be this weekend. It could be further down the track. Um, he's 32 years of age, 219 games, never won a finals game with the Bombers. Um, that famously uh, have, have the longest active streak uh, without winning a finals game in the AFL outside of the Gold Coast Suns, who have never, um, never won one. Um, so yeah, will he be able to to uh, end his career on a high with possibly a finals win? Uh, we'll we'll know in about nine days. Yep. Yeah, and it's that time of the year. There's a whole bunch of retirements across both codes in Australia because they're getting towards the end. Um, as the, the stalwarts, the guys that have been there for a long time, start to get, um, to hang it up. Uh, but yeah, we wish both of those guys uh, all the best and all the future guys retiring as well. But. Um, they have great lives after football. Yeah, they're, they're probably the big three out of this week. Yeah. Um, in, in Kale Hooker, Basha Hooley, and going back to Eddie Betts, who we mentioned at the start of the show. Definitely. So, speaking yeah. of football, let's get stuck into the round twenty-three preview. Uh, last round um, for this for this season, uh, there is some blockbuster matchups and some juicy matchups as well. And to yep. kick us off is actually Western Bulldogs taking on Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide yeah. taking over Western Bulldogs on the ladder with the Bulldogs' uh, late slide um, coming off back-to-back losses to the Bombers, the Dons, and the Hawks. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on at the kennel. Um, so look, that that loss against Essendon, you kind of think they're going in the right direction. You know, maybe it was a one-off kind of thing, but they they got beaten quite comprehensively uh, this this weekend. Uh, just passed against Hawthorne. Uh, really, really missed Josh Bruce, uh, really lacked a, a big, tall key forward to go to there. Uh, they did have the return of Adam Trelaw and Josh Dunkley in the last few weeks. Uh, I don't know if they're a little bit underdone, but just haven't been able to, um, you know, be their normal, um, you know, barnstorming selves. Um, and if they lose this game and the Lions win, they could drop out of the, of the top four, which would be massive considering a lot of people have... Um, or had had them a few weeks ago as being flag favourites. Um, and, yeah, and, and as well, if they do lose this game against Port, they go into the finals regardless of whether they finish fourth or fifth. They, they'll they three um, consecutive levels, so can't be too good for their confidence. Yeah, you've, you've, mm. you need a peak at the right time, and if their form's not right going into the finals, that's going to make it difficult. On the flip side, though, you've got Port Adelaide. They just came up destroying Carlton last week uh, and have won five in a row. I still got the hat. I still got the hat. Uh, that was a hard game to watch that one, but uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. So much for chat about them. We might sneak into the eight as Carlton. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no, we're all, we were past that 
uh, a few weeks ago with that loss to North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. And then and then the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. So uh, Charlie Dixon had four. Travis, the good bloke, got 31 and a goal. Um, they did kick the last 19 goals of that game straight. So they absolutely dominated um, the ball. Yeah, you said that quite nonchalantly. Nine, they kicked the last 19 goals of that, <laughs> of that game straight. Absolute flat track bullies. Uh, nothing to do with Carlton's performance. I think just uh, just, just oh, we can only focus on uh, Port here, you know, just being a bully, yeah, uh, really putting away some of these, uh, you know, struggling uh, small Melbourne clubs. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because Port like to beat teams below them on the ladder. And what's mm-hmm. happened to Western Bulldogs? They're now below them on the ladder. <laughs> so Port Adelaide <laughs> will go into this going, hey, we can beat these guys. That was the one pure reason why I have picked Port this week, because <laughs> I think, hey, they're they now they now have jumped another person on the ladder. They will go out and beat them. So I uh, think, and and Mac, if you're listening, uh, don't hate me. I think I've I've tipped Port Adelaide here too. Uh, I'm worried about the dogs. Uh, you know, dropping dropping these games at this time of the year. Not the best signs. Um, I've gone Port, but this really could go either way. I'd love to hear the. Uh, the odds and your tip, please, Max. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting because I picked Port as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they are underdogs at two dollars twelve at the moment. Uh, the dogs are at a dollar seventy three. The line is very close at four and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't be touching that line, and I probably wouldn't be betting on this uh, with my money head to head. A, a great game to cop on a Friday night, and uh, and possibly a uh, a, a preview of a, of a finals matchup. Um, how good, you know? We're we're there. It's a long it's a long season. We're into the last round, and and now we really start to get a good indication of um of who's going to go deep uh, here in September. Uh, yeah. Moving moving into Saturday, uh, we've got two big Melbourne clubs, two recent powerhouses going at it. Uh, but also two clubs that won't be playing finals football this year. I'm talking, of course, about the Richmond Tigers and the Hawthorne Hawks. Um, the big, uh, you know, storyline out of this one is it will be Alistair Clarkson's last game as Hawthorne coach. Uh, Monks, would you mind running us through uh, some of his accolades there? Have you, have you got them handy? Ooh, give me a second. Uh... Oh, no, no, you're no, no, you're all right. I've got them here. Um, so oh, sorry, yeah. Three three hundred and eighty nine games as uh, as head coach, two hundred twenty eight wins. That's a tick under sixty percent. And the big one, four flags, and and went there. Mm. Uh, Hawthorne not uh, in the best uh, position, I think, in 05 when when Clarko uh, got the job there, and and regarded now as uh, as a modern coaching genius. Um, he, he really he he drew uh, some inspiration from other sports. He's a, a big soccer fan. Would watch how. Um, how soccer play, uh, how soccer strategy would work, and 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 came up, um, you know, with some of the first zone defenses, um, and and clusters that we saw that we've seen in the AFL. So essentially, a, a cluster, um, you know, if you're say say you're a kick ahead and there's a minute to go in the game, uh, rather than you know lining up in a six 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 fashion, which has been introduced essentially because of um, some of the innovations that Clarko had as a coach, um, mm. you know, that they would, they would flood, flood their back line um, and, and, you know, bring three forwards back there and play nine on six 
and um, and essentially force the AFL this year to, to change a rule with with some of his um uh, his coaching expertise. So he'll be sorely missed at Hawthorne. Um, you know the big sort of question uh, around his future is is does he come back to coaching? Does he have a year off? We've speculated about it before on the Esky. I think we'll leave it for tonight. Um, and by all accounts, uh, it'll be Sam Mitchell um, coaching the Hawks next year. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers. You go. I was going to say the Hawks have finished well um, as well, playing I think for Clarkson to finish off his his reign. They've they've played yeah. well the last month. They've won three on the trot. Um, so it, not just any three games. They beat the beat the Bulldogs last week. I think uh, a few weeks before that they beat Brisbane. Yep. And uh, what was the other one? Colling, I think Collingwood. So so Collingwood not going the best, but still still a big uh, big match up there, and then knocking off two. Um, two uh, highly teams there. So, yeah, probably going in the right direction, you'd think, um, for next year. Um, for, in terms of the Tigers, they will be missing the top eight for the first time in five years. The Giants um, put them to the sword last Friday night. Uh, retirement that we didn't mention before, David Asprey, um, three-time premiership player, 154 games for the key back there. Uh, we probably don't want to dwell too on this game, uh, outside of it being Clarko's last game, uh, no real implications uh, for, for the rest of the season. Who did I tip? <laughs> that, that's a good question. I think <laughs> I think I think I think, I think Hawthorne are favourites in this, if I remember correctly, and I think I tipped Hawthorne. I picked Hawthorne. Yep, I picked Hawthorne as well. They are favourites, a dollar thirty-six at the moment. Um, our Tigers are out at three dollars eighteen. The line is eighteen and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, probably yeah. won't be punting on this game personally. Uh, might try and catch a little bit of the of the start uh, just to see if they do do uh, any sort of tribute or send off for for Alistair Clarkson. Yep. Yeah. True. What's Very the next well. game that we got there, lads? Uh, we got Sydney taking on the Gold Coast, and that's on Saturday at Marvel Stadium. Uh, so Swans sixth overall at the moment. Uh, Suns are at 15th, so Suns can't play finals. Um, poor Suns uh, assured of home elimination final that won't be at home because uh, they can't play at Sydney, unfortunately. It's sucks, did- isn't it? There's no, there's no home field advantage this year, is there? There's no real difference uh, unless you're, say, a Western Australian side, which <laughs> probably won't be. <laughs> Won't be there. Uh, I suppose the only advantage really is going to go to, to Adelaide trying to get a home final because they might actually be able to host it. Um, but, yeah, Sydney Sydney should finish sixth here and uh, they they won't really have any home field advantage, uh, you'd think, in the finals. Uh, Gold Coast, they, they've they been pretty disappointing this year. They got, uh, they got flogged by the Bombers uh, last week and there's probably a few question marks surrounding Stewie Jew. Um, whether he'll be uh, coach in 2022. Um, it is kind of a dead rubber in the fact that I don't think Sydney can progress to fifth and they won't drop lower than sixth. Um, so they're, they're, they are assured of that of that uh, elimination final at inverted commas home. Um, have we all gone the Swans here, boys? Yeah, Swans by a lot. Yeah, yeah, I've gone Swans as well. Um, Josh Kennedy is out injured at the moment. Buddy yep. Franklin is back in the lineup. Oh, um, buddy! Was he need a kick to get a thousand? He'd have to get about sixteen or something, wouldn't he? Uh, is it nine eighty six at the moment? Fourteen. Oh. Fourteen. <laughs> he got thirteen in the game, boys. Thirteen. 
If he gets six in this one, maybe he'll start getting close. Yeah, then he'll be right on. Then he'll be right on. So it's it's not out of the realm of ability. You'd think it's gone for this season, but it's not impossible. No, that's it. Um, Swans heavy favourites leading to the matchup. $1.17 at the moment. Suns are out at 5.10. And we've got a line of 30.5. Ooh, I ain't touching that. And <laughs> probably ain't that interested really in that one. Uh, a, a somewhat more interesting matchup here is uh, is Saturday afternoon at the at the Gabba. The Brisbane Lions take on the West Coast Eagles. Uh, the Lions are in fifth. The uh, the Eagles are in ninth. Uh, the Lions made easy work of Collingwood last week. Charlie Cameron had six goals, his equal career best. Did you catch any of this, Sean? Highlights? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had this mostly in the background, but they spanked him. I think what they have 150 points by the end of it. So they were all over him, mm. scored at will. Uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah, they, form. they come into a side that's probably a little bit better, um, though West Coast, of course, playing away from home is a different beast. So, isn't it? Isn't it? And a, and a bit of a shock loss last week uh, in, the, in the derby there. Um, we mentioned last week on the pod that they had won 11 straight in the in the derby. Uh, they've really fallen off a cliff. Um, they they can technically make the eight. They have to win this game, which is a tall order uh, in itself. And then they rely on a GWS um, or an Essendon loss. And both those teams quite short in their matchups. So it, the eight seems like it's like it's all wrapped up. But there are the, the sort of little technicalities here. Um, an interesting matchup here is, is the the Battle of the Ruckman. Uh, Nick Natanui going up against big Oscar McInerney. I was having a look at the stats um, just, you know, willy-nilly, not even regarding this game. Uh, I was having a look at clearances uh, in the AFL this year. Nick Natanui, a Ruckman, is fourth overall for clearances in the AFL. Unbelievable. Considering the fact that he's got to tap the ball to another guy, you know, to, and they're meant to get the clearance. His follow-up work in the in the ruck is is um is second to none. He's got 148 uh, uh, clearances, which has him fourth overall. Um, and the the next the next ruckman um in in clearances is actually Oscar McInerney, uh, who himself has got 109. So it'd be interesting to see them do battle uh, uh this this game here. Well, shout out to Oscar last week as well. He took on Grundy, and they had a pretty good battle, and it was a pretty interesting um game from that aspect too so uh, i think he did a really good job going up against grundy in that i would i would have oscar in the better half of of ruckman now and possibly even a, a little bit higher than that uh you've got your your grundy and your gorn are probably the elite two probably followed by followed by nick or you could probably even throw nick nat into that into that conversation i think sean darcy's been really good this year uh, but then then probably that next tier down, I think you can start talking about Oscar McInerney. Mm-hmm. Definitely, agree. So who'd you pick in this one? I've gone Brisbane. Yeah, I went, I've gone Brisbane. I think West Coast uh, have really struggled uh, the back end of this season. I think they lose this, and I think they miss out on the eight. Thanks. Yep, yeah, I've gone Brisbane as well. Um, West Coast, yes, in all sorts. They are underdogs at $6.05. Brisbane are $1.13. Um, line very is, cool. yeah, line is yeah thirty six and a half. Mm. Mm. Yeah, a bit of a fall from grace for the Eagles. Uh, you know, premiership winners 
back back in 18 um, and, and made the finals in 19 and 20. I think they miss out here. A little bit of a changing of the guard uh, in, in, in West Coast, probably missing out, and Richmond already confirmed being out. Yeah. Mm. True. But then we'll spe- next. Yeah, but then speaking of the, the top teams, we roll into Geelong taking on Melbourne. Uh, mm. First versus second, both on equal amount of wins for this season. Uh, minor premiership on the line with the top of the table clash, of course. Um, mm. Cats were 14-point winners over the Saints. Uh, no danger. Oh, danger did play. Sorry. Yeah, he did. From he his, from playing, yeah, and, and played well. Yeah. And I just want to, I wanted to point out, like, um, what did Toby Green get? He got a week and a fine? Yeah, he got a week. Yeah. yeah um, and so. for the elbow to throw it. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to go, and we'll talk about Fafita in a minute when we get to the NRL, but that's the reason why elbows to throats are a no-no. So, um, yeah, there's really big risks uh, involved in that kind of injury. So I think it's fair what Toby got. If not, um, the two weeks he probably should have been upheld because the resulting potential damage is also very, very bad. It can be catastrophic. It's uh, it's not uh, an area of the body that should be taken lightly. Uh, I suppose the thing that maybe Toby had in his favour is when you are carrying the ball, uh, you probably get a little bit more protected than than uh, being a tackler. Uh, but yeah, it probably shows Danger's toughness to to go out there and and be probably one of Geelong's best three uh, on the field. Uh, the, the other two blokes that did really uh, well for the Cats, Cam Guthrie, we talk about him every week. He had 36. And uh, Sam Menegola, uh, 31, and a goal there for the Catters in their win uh, against St Kilda, who, again, r- pushed, pushed. They've, they've had a lot of games where they've gone uh, pretty close uh, but just haven't been able to get the bickies. And then um, the Melbourne Demons, uh, they they made amends for their their shock loss midseason to the mighty Adelaide Crom. Uh, Bailey Fritch seven goals, a uh, a career best uh, outing for him. He kicked the last five for for the Melbourne Demons. Um, and and we talk about it, boys. He multi, <laughs> multi. Um, the, uh, I I had him in a uh, in a little. Uh, cross-game multi for my punters club. The bloke had had 25 touches in the last nine games that he's played. Of course, when I put my money on him, he gets 23. Uh, thank you, Christian. I imagine you are listening and care about the uh, the $10 you lost me there. Um, someone to, to make note of, Luke Jackson um, for the Melbourne Demons. He is having an absolute breakout season. He looks to have the NAB Rising Star all wrapped up. Uh, he's been a really good chop-out ruckman for Big Max Gorn. He had 19 hit-outs, 16 disposals, and two sausage rolls. He's uh, he's only 19. He plays a lot bigger than his body. And uh, an ex-basketball apparently was was like, you know, you hear a lot about ex-basketballs, uh, you know, uh, choosing Aussie rules football over basketball. Apparently, he was legit, like like pushing like boomers legit. And uh, and he's and he's picked uh, he's picked AFL. He's done the reverse Paddy Mills, if you will, uh, <laughs> where, where Paddy Mills himself was a was a budding young Australian rules footballer. He chose basketball. Uh, Jacko's gone uh, for for footy here, and it seems Another to be way. the right decision. Yeah, I think he'll get crowned uh, the NAB Rising Star. Mm. Uh, oh, and J- Jake Lever, boys, I, I watched a little piece uh, on Ko on him. They just uh, did like a little five minute uh, sort of. 
uh, analytical bit on him and uh, and watching uh, how he how he rolls off his man um, and and sort of sits further behind the ball and and just lets his his forward uh, run run free. Um, but uh, because his his vision is so good and his instincts are so good, he's able to pick off um, pick off uh, you know the the ball and intercept mark um, while whilst being sort of a roll off defender. So that that was an interesting uh, little show in uh, into the tactics of uh, of the Melbourne Demons backline. Uh, th- this game, it's it could be the grand final. Uh, it's it's one versus one versus two. It's an absolute treat. To be getting this, um, you know, just just a week out from the finals, very very hard to pick. Yeah. I've I've gone Geelong. I think I think Geelong. Um, their their experience for one, uh, it, it sort of stands out for mine. Um, it very very hard to split these two. Uh, but I've I've gone Geelong with not a heap of confidence. What are we thinking? Yeah, I had it as a coin flip. I originally picked Melbourne. I just changed it to Geelong and truly Geelong at home. And I think Melbourne kind of struggle a little bit with the real top teams. And I yep. think that kind of benefit Geelong at home, they're, they're a different beast. And that, mm. for me, flips that coin towards them more, that need a little bit more towards them. But it should be an excellent game, and I don't think there'll be much in it. No, and and it really wouldn't surprise me if this is what we're talking about in, uh, in you know, three and a bit weeks' time as, as being the big one. Yep, agree. That's it, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so it's going to be another interesting one again. I've gone Geelong as well. Um, they are favourites by, but not by much. They're a dollar ninety. The D's are out at a dollar ninety-four. So only four cents in it. The lines half a point. Yeah, this is close. Yeah, it, yeah. Flip of like I said, flip of a coin. Absolute treat. Absolute treat to cop this yeah. uh, on a Saturday night. I think Ch- uh, Channel Seven might be showing that as well. Or short should they? Well, it surely would be on mate, um, but I don't know. If well, they're I... going to be showing this game because they won't be showing the other game in the same time slot. That's... No, <laughs> we, uh, we are alluding to uh, the mighty Carlton Blues taking on uh, the GWS Giants. Um, Carlton woeful, really, in the second half against Port. Um, the first half was really good. I don't know if you boys caught even the highlights of this. They were matching. They were matching Port Adelaide uh, for. For two quarters in this game, problem is a game of AF footy goes for four quarters, and um, they, they the second and third they did nothing. They they kicked zero goals, six actually in the second half. Uh, really disappointing for Mark Murphy in his 300th game. Uh, a few of the young blokes for Carlton looking alright in Matt Kennedy uh, and Josh Honey, the 19-year-old. Uh, he, he's looking the goods. Uh, he had two goals, and uh, I don't know if you boys saw it, but Jacob Weedering he did the biggest punch I've ever seen. Uh, as a backman uh, going up for a spoil, this punch went further than I can kick a ball. And, <laughs> but maybe more, maybe more, because I, I can probably Probably kick talking a, like 15 metres? Yeah, I was going to say 12. So, <laughs> so, no, no, but this 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 punch went about 40 metres. And it was watching it. <laughs> this is just defying the laws of physics. Uh, r- ridiculous stuff there from big weeders. He's probably an All-Australian this year. Uh, and and would have got uh would have got a rest in peace uh, Spud Frawley's um, uh, golden fist uh, of of the week uh, Levi Casbolt uh, the club announced he won't be renewed for next year 154 games with the Blue Baggers I have spoken about it on this podcast before I think he's got a lucrative modelling career ahead of him if he was to choose that route a very good looking. Uh. 
So what are we thinking uh, on this one? If the, 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 the GWS likely gonna, could potentially play Sydney next week um, in a kind yeah, of a yeah. Sydney final, not in Sydney. Um, mm. do we th- I, I've gone GWS. I think they'll beat the, the Blues here. I think the Blues yeah, are factored in. The season's done. I've gone Judas. I don't think uh, the Blues would be uh, have got that much to play for this week. Uh, they they already played uh, their finals um, in those losses to North and uh, Gold Coast. Um, they, um, yeah, it's it's really GWS's uh, game to lose here. If they were to lose, they really do leave uh, the door wide open. Uh, for the for the teams at the West, uh, them being the Fremantle Dockers and the West Coast Eagles, uh, yeah. both of them have their work cut out for them. But were the Blues to upset the Giants here, that does leave them the opportunity to try and swoop in on that eighth position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You're right, Max. Um, yeah, I've gone GWS as well. They do have a bit of a hoodoo over Carlton. Um, they've won eight of the last nine head-to-heads. Um, and yeah, being favourites, dollar twenty nine at the moment. Carlton are out at three dollars thirty, uh, sixty three. Sorry, uh, with the Lions sitting at twenty one and a half. Yeah, uh, I think we'll we'll breeze through the last three because unfortunately there's well, Essen is probably the only one with finals implications on the line. St Kilda are taking mm. on Fremantle. Fremantle though, yeah, they really want to win this uh, potentially. So if GWS stumbles, they could. Uh, maybe sneak into the finals. Um, Saints, they really pushed uh, Geelong last week. Um, well, they did go down by 14. Of course, their season done. Um, they've really struggled with injuries throughout the year. Uh, I think they'll be better next year. Um, they've got a lot of kind of good young talent coming through uh, in for the Saints. Uh, so hopefully if they can get healthy, um, they've got Steely there, of course, who's uh, could go very far on the Brownlow Um in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so they've got some talents there, but I think this game for, I've actually picked Saints because um, I, I like what they're, they're hot and cold. I think they're going to be hot. Frio probably got more on the line. They really need to win this game to even give themselves a chance to make the eight. They technically make it, but they need um, other teams to really shit the bed. Uh, so it's a, yeah. a, a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a big game there. What are your boys thoughts? Yeah, I, I've gone Frio here. Uh, not that confident, but I just think they've got a little bit more to play with uh, in the fact that they've got a sniff uh, for the top eight here and St Kilda doesn't. Um, a, a massive momentum uh, booster for them winning the Derby last week uh, in Dave Mundy's club record game. Um, Caleb Sarong is doing really well. Matt Taverner is coming along as a as a key forward. Uh, I've, I've gone Frio just in the fact that they might have a little bit more to play for. Thanks. Um, I've gone St Kilda. Um, no real reason at all. <laughs> um, I like it. That, that, that's that, it. Seriously, in trying to pick the AFL this year, you may as well go like that because unlike the NRL, it's been very, very difficult to pick and there's yeah. upset the law. So, so yeah, and the, sometimes you might, you may as well just go, Ah, well, flip a coin, who knows? <laughs> That's it. Um, I suppose, to that, the only telling thing is St Kilda is the favourites at the moment at $1.67, Frio out at $2.21. Uh, and we do have a line of six and a half. 
But in the next game, we've got Essendon taking on the Pies. Uh, Essendon currently in eighth spot and will need to win to cement that and to confirm that with those other guys chasing them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, Jack Stringer did boot five last week against the Suns. Um, the Pies are already thinking about Monday. They got pumped. Um, there's been some talk about um, is it Ross Line? One of the lines they they reached yeah. out to a potential coach. And I think he turned them down. Um, mm-hmm. So of course they're still hunting for coaches. Yeah, yeah. completely up in the air at this stage. Uh, that will be uh, all the off-season talking points. You'd imagine uh, who will coach Collingwood next year? Uh, not their year, was it? Uh, you know, we, we we covered it actually uh, early early in the in the on the Esky days of. Um, you know, the whole Eddie Maguire uh, fallout after the Do Better report, uh, Nathan Buckley calling it a day, a, a series of injuries, um, not not their year, Collingwood's. Um, so it, it'd be hard to imagine them getting up and, and, and beating Essendon, who have got everything to play for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I've, I've backed Essendon. Yeah, Bombers here. Yeah, I have backed the Bombers as well. Um don't know how newsworthy it is, but a couple of weeks ago, um, former Australian netball coach Lisa Alexander was putting her name in to take the um, her job over at Collingwood. So, don't know if that those talks have gone any further, but yeah, that's just popped up in the news. Would be um, uh, a huge, huge uh, turn of events. You'd, you'd think the first female head coach uh, of an AFL team. Um, yeah. I'd, Highly surprised if that was to come to fruition, but who who knows? Who knows? Yep, that's it. Could be the thing that Collingwood needs to keep in the news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have gone Essendon. Uh, they are favourites at dollar twenty eight. Collingwood are out at three dollars seventy. Uh, line is twenty two and a half. Yeah, and it is. I know they've got to beat Collingwood. That let's not take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. Going back to a few of the earlier games, if Port Adelaide were to beat the Western Bulldogs and Brisbane uh, overtake them, we could see a Western Bulldogs-Essendon matchup in week one of the finals. And Essendon only a few weeks removed from beating the Western Bulldogs. So, yeah, again, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. They have to beat Collingwood first for that to happen. But just just looking into the crystal ball and, and <laughs> what, what we could be talking about in a week's time, uh, yeah. that's... That's what I, I kind of start thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and means Essendon gets through the week two of finals then. Yeah. <laughs> and to finish this off for the rounds. Yeah, 17 we're... years. So, so nothing nothing with me. <laughs> All right, oh, we'll, fin- we'll finish off this round of AFL. We've got the, the biggest game of the week. We've got yeah. last playing, second last. <laughs> the blockbuster. Off North Melbourne <laughs> at Adelaide. Um, yeah, that's... Uh... North clinched their first spoon since 1972. Um, they're six points behind the Crows uh, with two two wins behind, of course. Um, yeah. David Mackey announced his retirement this week as well. Um, 248 games for the Crom makes his ninth most capped Crom player. Uh, yeah. What do you boys think about this? Uh, who cares? Um, I've, I've gone the crumb. Um, yeah, cop that. 17th versus 18th, and it's not even for the spoon. It's it's just uh, they may as well just call it off, and the, the boys could have started bloody bad Monday this week. Um, yeah, I, I've gone I've gone the Crows just on the home field advantage. Nothing to play for here. Uh, hope there's no serious injuries out of this game. 
yeah. I, I picked North. Again, no reason. I think they've played a pretty good month of footy, actually. Just no results to back it up. Um, but, yeah, I don't think anyone will be watching this. Uh, yeah, I've gone Crom as well. Um, what are the odds? Bit... Are they both paying like $4? <laughs> What's the draw paying? The, the draw is twenty. <laughs> yeah. Nah, um, well, Sportsbet has them pretty similar to um, the matchup first versus um, second Geelong versus um, Melbourne. So Adelaide are $1.89 and North are $1.95. Um, we've got a line of half a point again. Um, total game points, 157. Mm, yeah, I don't like any of this. <laughs> don't bet on it, don't watch it. No. And will that wrap us up for AFL this week? Yes, that will. And right. that means we've got to move into the bumhole league and talk about the NRL. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's... What's, what's been grinding your gears this week about the bumhole league, <laughs> a.k.a. The, the National Rugby League, Sean? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the um, some of the suspensions and the inconsistencies and shoulder charges and... If you're Nathan Cleary, you get you get off. You don't get in. You don't get done for shoulder charges. Um, yeah, yeah. Not not too much in that one. I I didn't think. Uh, but there but there was no no attempt to use his arms. Yeah, but then then your mate the the Dragons uh, winger that got shoulder charge and I think he got three or four weeks as well um, for almost the identical thing. Um, I, th- I think cool. I think impact comes into play there uh, in in the fact that when Ravalawa was getting suspended, he was flying in um, and and uh, yeah. re- really putting a shot on blokes. Whereas Nathan Cleary made no attempt to to wrap up uh, in his one. Uh, I think they do take into account impact there. Yeah, well, I, I think the other side good thing for Nathan was he had a bum shoulder and he wasn't trying to tackle with his bum shoulder, so he was like, "I'm doing my best out here with my one good one." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but but having said that, the Victor Radley one I thought was was really quite soft. Uh, th- three three weeks for um, you know his uh, his charge down attempt uh, gone wrong. Um, there was loading uh, involved in that because he had already been suspended for what five weeks earlier in the year. Um, so it was a two weeker uh, that got upgraded to a three weeker. Um, yeah. I'd be happy if uh, if he just got fined for for that. Um, to be honest, uh, did did put uh, was it Albert Kelly? Um, he did put him in a bit of a awkward um, position, but uh, but not much in that. And then was, yeah, what do you guys think of that the ruling on that? Because um, we've talked about NFL to start off. Um, you know, attacking the legs of a kicker is a big no no. Uh, mm. In the NRL, really, is any kind of rule to cover it? There is. Uh, that kind of comes more into a fair play kind of thing. It's like, hey, diamond bloke's legs is not really, not really on, especially when the guy gets rolled up on it and it looks bad. Uh, I think this ended up looking more bad than an actual uh, letter in the law of the, the rule book to say um, that's a, that's against it and you're going to get penalised. So uh, I, I wonder if the NRL should probably take maybe a bit more stance on the tacking the legs of a kicker, especially in flight or he's a uh, full, full like. Um, it's not stride, but you know, like full swing through his through his kick um, mm. or extension, whatever you want to call it, uh, that you don't actually tack the legs or like his plant leg or or even his leg that's in up in the air. Like you, whether they kind of tack the kicker a little bit more than um, guys running and going low on them. The thing is, for mine, the NRL is uh, is really quite lenient with 
With a kicker after you've kicked the ball, you can if you wrap them up, you can bury them. And you see it yeah. every week, every week. The the six or the seven puts up a bomb, the ball is well gone, and some big bopper forward comes through and, and cleans up often the smallest bloke on the field. Um, in, in t- of course, you, you want to protect the leg. Victor's going for a charge down in this one. He misses the ball and and ends up and ends up uh, going going through um, Albert Kelly's legs. I, I you want to protect the kicker, but if 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 the legs are so so important, then you you might be thinking about changing the rules with the with the the contact on them um, as is. Uh, for mine, I thought this was a little bit rough. Rough on Victor's uh, behalf, and um, yeah, if they are really, uh, you know, concerned with uh, with the player welfare, maybe they start thinking about the rules about hitting hitting a half after he kicked the ball. Yep, I agree. I think even if it's accidental and Bradley's part, like say Abel Kelly blows his ACL out because he just rolls through it, like you know, I, I I don't think it's a good look having guys go low on, especially kickers. When they can't protect themselves, because some of them, you know, they they get elevation, they they leave the ground yep. uh, to put in their kick. You can't tackle a bloke in the the air, but you can take out a take out a kicker's legs when he's when he's kicked it through. So, um, and I think it's kind of fair. Like people complain about, oh well, if he does a grubber kick and then you hit him then and you've taken him out and you get penalised. It's like I think it's pretty clear to say if a bloke's got a he's kicked a bomb or he's kicked a long kick, he, there's a clear difference you can see in the kicking style from something a bit shorter and um and in that yeah. regards. I, I think like you said, you probably should protect those blokes, especially the big boppers that come through. Nathan Cleary gets it the most. And yeah. you know, you want to take him out of the game, you've got to put him on his ass. So they go through and they light him up every and, time. And they would be instructed to do it like that it would be a, a deliberate oh, game plan from from the opposition coach to say, oh well if you've got a generational talent in a Nathan Cleary putting up a bomb, you're sending your biggest forward every time to go lay the bloke out, and and often it's it's uh, there are ones where you go, okay, the bloke couldn't have pulled out, he was committed, but a lot of what you see in the NRL is there is this grey area where where after a bloke's put a kick on, you're allowed to belt the guy. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting to see whether they come with that. That, for sure, for sure. The, anywhere in the season, so. That well, season, so. well, for for me, tending to agree with you, Sean, in it being a, a bit of a clusterfuck, a bit of a shit show, in that Victor Radley gets three weeks for that, and then Corey Harrower Naira kills all, a man. <laughs> also, yeah, legitimately, someone checked Jerome Hughes's pulse because that looked like a murder on a on a football field. And and he gets three weeks as well. Granted, there was the loading that came in uh, with with Victor Radley, but uh, yeah, not too much consistency for mine uh, between those two instances. Oh, three uh, months three months ago, that's probably like a ten match suspension. Like it's yeah, yeah, and and the, that's right. Within a season, the the chopping and changing of the rules. Uh, we 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 spoke earlier about. Um, in the season about the the hip drop tackle from from Josh McGuire, mm. you know, uh, essentially something that um that can put uh, an opposition player in a really vulnerable position, but also kind of following a uh, a traditional uh, tackling technique. Um, yeah, the fact that I think he I think he got five weeks for that, and this one from CHN got three weeks. 
There just doesn't seem to be any consistency, does there? Not at all. Changes week to week. And then Ryan Madison as well also got three weeks for his shot on Brad Parker to round yep. it some of the suspensions in the week. And I think there was a bunch of other like little ones as well, but we don't need to go into all the tic-tac-y suspensions that they come through the league. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into some retirees and play of movement, if I told you the Titans were leading 16-12 at halftime, what would you think the current score is against the Storm? <laughs> Well, I've got the score uh, up in front of me right now, so I can't yeah. comment. Well, quite unusual because uh, normally we'd be watching the game. Uh, I didn't, hadn't even realised that the, the time yeah. got away. I imagine Melbourne's up quite convincingly. Yeah, it's the Titans only just scored, but it's 34 to 20 with four minutes to go after the storm. Um, yes. Adakar yes. got a double, and Munster and Hines also scored in the second half for their four tries in the second. Well, we may as well talk about it quickly now. That that means that uh, they've got, uh, sorry, they've equaled the um, the uh, the the record for most consecutive wins in 19. Uh, that goes uh, uh, to equal the Eastern Suburbs Roosters uh, 1975 record. Uh, and next week they'll be going for for 20 in a row. Uh, that will be the outright record. Um, and I'm just having a quick look. They have they got Eels next week. Oh, put it in now. Put <laughs> <laughs> it in now. They're not going to beat Dave yeah. Grohl's not going to go out there and beat the Storm. Let's put it that way. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think so. So, so yeah, massive second half there from uh, from the Melbourne Storm. I'm um, assuming hand on heart, all three of us picked Storm. Yep. <laughs> hand on heart, hand on heart here. Uh, I had made a note that the last time that they met, it was was actually quite a close game. Uh, the the Storm uh, twenty to fourteen victors in in that one. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd tip Melbourne, and I think most of Australia probably would have tipped Melbourne. Uh, big time, big time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Currently still thirteen plus as well, so always bet on the thirteen plus. That's right. True. <laughs> Jimmy Maloney, uh, the 35-year-old, he announced his re- uh, retirement uh, at the end of the Catalans Dragons uh, season in the Super League this year. 278 first-grade games uh, between Australia and England um, and 14 origins for the Blues, three tests, dual premiership winner uh, with the Roosters and with the Sharks. Uh, apparently one of the biggest pests you'll ever meet. <laughs> uh, getting around uh, I, I messaged you boys this week I, I was like uh, yeah. it seems like Jimmy Maloney was like uh, Will Chambers uh, but, but actually good yes <laughs> yeah One, well uh, Chambers won some premierships but he's he's passed uh, let's, I'll just say Chambers probably passed it at this point but yeah James Maloney yeah. Um, definitely uh, one of the all-time greats um, playing uh, the sixth position, especially playing for the Roosters. Um, the other retirement during the week, um, well, I think today officially, was Alex Glenn, also retired from the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I think he's co-captain. I couldn't remember if he's outright captain, but I think he's co-captain for them at the moment. Um, played 13 or 14 years with the Broncos. Um, played sec- mostly second row and he's got a hand um, hanging up at the end of this season as well. Uh, unfortunately, of course, playing for Brisbane and uh, looking at, don't think they'll get a spoon this year, but they got a spoon last year and they they're going close. They're, they're second last. They can't. They actually Canterbury uh, wrapped up the spoon last week, uh, I think, but uh, uh, they probably will finish fifteenth. Um, so yeah, uh, 
not not the greatest note for Alex Glenn to to finish his stellar career on. And then in some player movements, Connor Watson is returning to the Chooks, going back to the Roosters from the Knights. He is their utility. There had been some chat in recent weeks. The Knights should really lock him up because he's an excellent 14 and mm. probably should get more game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's taken less money. Uh, he turned down 350k for three years for a two-year 300k deal. Go back to the Roosters. Let's say probably rebuild uh, some of his, or try to build his image, not rebuild, build on his image more, maybe get some more game time. Um, with the amount of injuries and retirements they've had, and you know, yeah, get a play for them. Yeah, a big loss for Newcastle. I, I think he's been uh, up there with one of their best uh, improved this year. Uh, one of one of Kalen Ponga's best mates too. So so breaking up a bit of a, a, a duo there. Um, you'd imagine with uh, with uh, the, the retirements and the injuries that the Chooks have had, as you uh, mentioned there, Sean, that he, he slots straight into a 14 or, or some kind of utility role um, at the Chooks next year. Um, the other sort of big player movement news was that Moses Mbai has been recruited uh, by by the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, the, the Tigers will be paying some of his deal here um and it kind of really uh if we didn't know already kind of reaffirmed the thinking in that um anthony griffin and the dragons management they like to grab these guys that are you know sort of becoming out of favor with their clubs we've seen it with um with jack bird we've seen it with josh mcguire we've seen it with andrew mcculloch uh, just to name a few and try and get uh, you know the the lender to uh, pay off a bit of their contract as you go and try and turn them around. And to be honest, it's worked out pretty well so far. I think Bird's um, playing playing some good football. McCulloch uh, is is um, you know unfortunately got injured last week, but but had been uh, showing some of his uh, previous form. So we'll see uh, whether or not they're able to do that with most Mbai. Uh, and for next year, the Dragons, they've got Jaden Sewer, Francis Molo, George Burgess already put pen to paper. So uh, they've got some uh, some reinforcements coming into their pack there. And the big news is that they're sniffing around for Viliam and Kikau. So right. if, they, if they could land him. Mm, that's a big get for them. Yeah, yeah. bloody oath. Bloody oath. That's a pretty good forward pack right there. So anyways, the only thing that's confirmed uh, from that is that, is that Moses Mbai will be a Dragon next year. So, Peps, what was your initial thoughts on the Moses Mbai signing? Look, I think if if they're if they're paying a fair bit of his contract, I'm okay with it. He he really has been uh, lack lackluster. Let let's be honest. Um, as a, as a West Tigers player, uh, I was kind of like mm, meh, like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I was fishing for. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so and look. Uh, a Queensland uh, origin representative, um, you know, was was really quite electric back in his Canterbury Bulldogs days. Uh, just yeah. hasn't quite shown it. Look, may, maybe that's a maybe that has to do with being a West Tiger. Um, you know, m- m- maybe Hook's seen something here and and has been able to um, to to grab a guy that he still see sees a, um, some potential in. Um, but yeah, bring your pastures. Yeah, yeah. As as a Dragons fan, I kind of thought, oh, no, nothing to write home about um, here. But but wishing him all, all the best. Um, as soon as someone pulls on the big red V, I'll, I'll get the fuck around him. So um, we'll see we'll see how he goes. Yeah. 
That's kind of our news at the moment. Let's get stuck into round 23 and previewing the rest of the round. We talked about Gold Coast taking on Melbourne. The one interesting news, and it kind of rolls into our news in the Canberra Manly game, was the amount of jaw injuries or related facial injuries from last week. AJ Brimson needed jaw surgery and his season is done. Uh, so then in the Canberra, who are currently ninth taking on Manly in the fifth place, they lose Tom Sterling as well for the rest of the year, needing jaw surgery as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... There's some, there's kind of some kind of uh, uh, situation where if they were to make the prelim, he might be okay to, to go kind of thing. But you'd imagine Tom Starling is done for the year. The big news uh, for for the, the Raiders, for, for <laughs> the Raiders, go, go Raiders. Yep. yeah, the the big news for the Raiders uh, tomorrow night is that Chance Nickel Clockstard has been named as the 14. He hasn't been uh, hasn't played since round five. Uh, he had a disrepair. Uh, in his neck, which is never a good surgery. So wishing him all the best. I suppose the big, big news is that they're they're going to rock the Ken Berens uh, <laughs> jersey. Neck. Uh, I don't know if you boys have caught too much of this. Uh, this is very niche Canberra uh, kind of chat here. Uh, we've been in for a week. Uh, and uh, did it come from the the subtitles of a pre of Andrew Barr press conference? Is that how this has come about? Probably. <laughs> I would no clue it's those, those automatic subtitles are probably just as good as our automatic subtitles on YouTube. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it probably makes more sense, actually. Um, so, just dribble, 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 dribble. Yeah. And, and this is dribble, to be honest, but I think it's going to make its way onto Canberra Raiders jersey tomorrow night. Uh, essentially, uh, we went into lockdown. Uh, our, our brave uh, Chief Minister, Andrew Barr, um, uh was giving a uh, you know the the COVID cases or whatever and uh, the the subtitles uh, auto you know however it automated yeah. uh, ro the robot uh, had it come up as Ken Berens uh, <laughs> so that's sort of become an internet meme. There's been a few people been a little bit too uh, over enthusiastic about that. Let's be honest. And uh, <laughs> apparently it will be on uh, the the Raiders jersey tomorrow night. So they will be the Ken Berens Raiders. Uh, too funny. Yeah. On the flip side, Manly, and what I was going to mention before, the third one that sustained a facial injury was Tommy Turbo. Um, yeah. Fractured his cheekbone. Uh, it has happened to him before. He actually wanted to play in this game and thought he was good enough to go, but I think Manly were kind of like, well, we're in fifth. Beating Canberra probably doesn't really gain us overly too much. Let's rest you for a week and uh, get you right. We don't want to make that worse and have a worse injury going into the final yeah. series upcoming. I yeah, think he was set to you, play. You Sorry, yeah, I think he was set to play, but then yeah, it was a late scratching to just today. So he was named originally. Yeah, yeah this or, might be a little bit of Des Hasler mind games uh, kind of thing. Thing is, they can they can jump into the top four. Uh, they would they would need the Roosters to lose uh, one of their remaining two games, and if they win both, they can. Jump them. So if if Tommy was available, I imagine they'd want him to play. Um, there there was also a bit of chat around because he's also he's got a plate already in there, and apparently the contact on his on his cheek might have actually been saved uh, a little bit by by the plate already being in there. Uh, but yeah, it's been confirmed. Confirmed today. No Tommy Turbo. Tell you who had a game last week. Uh, Ruben Garrick, twenty eight points himself. Three tries, eight goals. 
Uh, he's actually got the manly record now for, for most points in a season, 268 on the season. Shout out to Ruben Garrick. Uh, no Brad Parker uh, for Manly tomorrow. Uh, he, he was on the, the receiving end of, uh, of a shoulder charge from Ryan Mat- Madison. Uh, anyone been brave enough to take the milk here, the Ken Barons? I have. I've oh, yeah. Purely <laughs> on the fact that, uh, no, no Turbo Manly um, aren't that good. So... Uh, and and uh, and famously beat uh, the the Manly Warringah Seagulls a few weeks ago uh, uh, up up there um, in oh, I think this was actually just when it got moved to to Queensland but uh, yeah they they've shown that they can do it so and playing playing for a position in the eight here massive game uh, for for both sides I've gone Manly um, I think even without Tommy Turbo I think they should get it done but but a big game for the Milk. You're forgetting I picked two perfect rounds, so. You are, yeah. <laughs> More indicative of the state of the league's in at the moment. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so who did you pick in some odds? Um, well, I was going to make a joke, but the fact that you picked the Raiders, um, Chan's back, and your favourite player, Jared Croker's out, Tommy Turbo's out. Ooh. I was going to make a joke that the Raiders were going to back it in, but um, I can't. I've got to go Manly. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry to pull you along like that. Um, it will be interesting to see how Manly does go without Tommy Turbo. Um, I mean, it's been telling all year when he doesn't play there at Shemozel. Um They're still favourites at the moment, uh, $1.37. Uh, Raiders are out at $3.10. Um, got a line of eight and a half. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's good you also broke it, brought up Croker as well because there's been some chat during the week. Um, they're a little bit worried about uh, how he's going to go next season, uh, whether he has a spot in the 17. Uh, dealing currently with some shoulder issues, but he's got a dodgy knee. He's only 30, so he's got plenty of time potentially left to play, but they've got a lot of young guys coming through and his body's a bit cooked at the moment, so um, his defence has been pretty poor this year and we've talked about um, how he's gone. And, I've, you know, his body's cooked. Like, his performance has dropped off because his body's done. Whether he needs a really good off-season and come back good, um, they're going to be nice and try to work his, their way through um, his situation, his injuries. Uh, and, mm. you know, he's their captain, of course, so they're definitely trying to, you know, be nice. Uh, Ricky loves him, of course. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately for Jared, with the young fellas coming through and his body failing him, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to see if they fit him into the 17 next year. For sure. Mm. Let's move into uh, the the blockbuster game Friday night. The the Penrith Panthers, they're running second. They uh, take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs running third. Uh, Possibly a a finals matchup here. Uh, Penrith were pretty good against the Dragons. Maybe not spectacular. Uh, For me, poor... Dragons fan here, we thought, oh, surely Nathan Cleary doesn't come back to play against the lowly Dragons. <laughs> Sake, he comes back. He was pretty good. Uh, he made 22 tackles, had a try assist, 450 kick metres. Uh, we did mention before the uh, borderline shoulder charge uh, that, that he was involved with. He gets away scot-free there. Um, and and South were really good against the Gold Coast Titans. Don't count them out. I talk about every week. They've won 10 in a row now. Their last loss, uh, coincidentally, was to the Panthers uh, back in, I think, uh, was it a Dubbo? I think it was a Dubbo game. Okay. It was a 
country rugby league game. They got belted yeah. 56 to 12 in that one. Uh, only Dane Gagai, the uh, notable out for for uh, the Bunnies here. Uh, what are we thinking? A hard one to pick here, boys. I went Penrith, but I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Uh, I think Cleary back in Penrith. Uh, that's the difference there. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think there's some chat that Walker might actually be the favourite for the Dally M. Um, yeah. Consistency. So all the other blokes that have done awesome have also, like, take Turbo. He's played half a season. Mm-hmm. Take Cleary, he's missed the last two months. Like, all the other guys kind of competing for it, whereas Cody's just gone about his work and played the entire year. So, um, yeah, he could could maybe sneak in there as a potential Dally M um, dark horse. Well, we're talking about it last week or the week before. In, in terms of try assists, he's like pushing 30, and then he's like 12 ahead of of the, of the next bloke. Uh, he's, he's in career best form. Uh, yeah, you'd think you'd think if if Tommy Turbo was definitely playing these last two games, maybe he would still be favourite. He's definitely not playing tomorrow night, and possibly doesn't play the week after. So maybe that's swung back into into Cody's favour there. Yeah. But I, I think the Panthers team overall, I think, is a better squad than Souths. And with Nathan Cleary back in there steering that ship around, um, uh, I think they're going to be too good for Souths in this one. Yeah. Still no Brian To'o. Uh, he should be available for finals. And I think James Fisher-Harris is named as a 21 here. So it'd be interesting to see if he if he plays. I've gone Penrith. I'm expecting this to be a good game. Is this, did Pango play last week? Yeah, I think he came off the bench. Off the bench, okay, yeah. Mm, Sepango's named 20, uh, 19. Um, so they've got some guys coming so back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coruscant's back as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Max, who'd you pick? Yeah, I've gone Panthers. Uh, they are favourites, $1.71. Rabbitohs are out at $2.15 at the moment. Got a line of two and a half. Yeah, hard, yeah, hard one to split Close there. Matchup. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's total match points? Good question. Yes, obviously love to score a few, and uh, and Penrith pretty good defensively. Mm. So we have got forty eight and a half. Not bad. Oh, it seems high. That seems high. I think. Yeah. Both defense could score thirty in this game, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. I was thinking anything under fifty might be a bit juicy in forty eight. <laughs> it's potential. Well, I think we were looking at this last week against the Titans and. I think they went unders. Yeah, Titans didn't even score any points, which was the problem. Yeah, yeah I think it was <laughs> yeah. 36-6. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't really Sears' fault. No, no. not at all. Thank you. Hell, that's out of the bargain. But anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> next game, Three. we'll oh, go, Pets. I was going to say, probably just breeze through this uh, this West Tigers-Cronulla game. I think Cronulla, Cronulla need to win this because they can still keep their top eight chances yeah. alive. The Tigers are done. Um the, the Sharks, they, they went down to Newcastle. It was a weird second half. There was a lot of penalty goals involved. Um, yeah, it was it was a bit rugby-esque, if, if you will. Um, the, the big story, I suppose, and we alluded to it earlier, was uh, the Andrew Fafita injury. Uh, fractured larynx, you, you don't want to um, say, say that kind of thing happened on the footy field. He's okay. He's had surgery. Um, he was, we had to be put in a juice coma as well. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and I think anything in, involving, um, you know, your larynx or any kind of incision to your throat, you probably are going to be chucking to uh, an injury's coma uh, there. Look, not not an injury that you you want to have on a footy field, but uh, but possibly uh, a touch uh, over over um, you know blown out the the fact that he was in an induced coma um, for, right. for that for that. So so just wishing him all the best. He's probably played his last NRL game too. Um, was um, was the a, a, a pivotal player in there in their 2016 grand final win against Melbourne, uh, famously had that, that run uh, close to the line where he barged over to get the go-ahead try. So uh, we'll go down in, in Cronulla Sharks folklore. Um, in, in terms of this game, uh, not, not heaps of interest, I, I wouldn't imagine. I've gone the Sharks. They can still make the eight, um, so, so I've gone them. Yeah, same. I pick Sharks. Tiger Steve. <laughs> yeah, I picked Sharks as well. They are favourites at $1.55. Tigers are out at $2.45 at the moment. If anyone's interested in a line, that's four and a half. Yeah, interesting. Cronulla are a lot to play for here. So, mm. yeah, we'll come down to, to that. Um, an- another game here with probably less interest. Uh, Canterbury Bulldogs take on the Newcastle Knights. The Dogs going down to the Warriors last week. They've officially... Got the wooden spoon. The Knights uh, beating the the Sharks, as we just mentioned. Uh, Daniel Saifidi, that's a big loss. Uh, the Origin uh, prop um, for for a Newcastle. He sustained a uh, a pretty uh, moderate to severe MCL injury. He's probably done for the year. Um, I imagine we've all gone Newcastle here, backing them in. They, I think they were clinching a top eight position with a win here. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Frizzell, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess you can't go past Newcastle um, when they're against the Dogs. Um, the favourite result. What was that? A lot more to play for being in seventh spot. So yeah. Yeah. Keep, try to keep that spot. That's it. Um, yeah, so their favourite result of 15. Dogs are out at $5.50. Yeah. Then we got the Eels taking on North, Cow- uh, North Queensland Cowboys. Um, both teams are, of course, on massive losing streaks. I think mean, Parramatta more because they've been playing teams better than themselves, um, the pretenders here. And Queensland, North Queensland, they just stink. Um, nine in a row for the cows. Yeah, nine in a row for us. The big news out of this was Reed um, Marnie. Uh, he's going to have to go under the knife for shoulder reconstruction, which is big, big news and a big loss, I think. You know, that's a That's a big injury to come back from. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, I suppose the timing's okay. You know, it looked pretty nasty, that injury, um, the week before last for Reid. Um, so, so hopefully, um, you know, recovers well in the off season and, and comes back, um, you know, ready to go. He, um, he was, he was one, one of the breakout players of, of 2021, I thought, um, was, was in that Queensland squad. Um, earlier earlier in the year, um, yeah, wishing him all the best recovering from that one. In terms of this game, I've gone Parramatta. Uh, you'd expect them to win. Um, I think I put fifty on them. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, you reckon the cows are that bad? I'm I'm not that confident, but I think Parra should win this pretty comfortably. Max? Yep. Uh, yeah, I've gone Parra as well. Uh, again, their favourites are thirty-one. Cowboys are out at three dollars fifty at the moment. 
The line is not close to 50. It's 11 and a half. You're taking that, are you sure, no? <laughs> I think so, with the way the Eagles, um, they like to beat up the lower clubs, and Cowboys, you don't get much lower. Next Move, match. Moving, yeah. in, moving into Sunday, the Dragons play the Roosters. Uh, the Dragons uh, weren't, you know, weren't embarrassed by uh, by Penrith last week. I uh, did mention Andrew McCulloch uh, before he's done for the year. Uh, sur- uh, ankle surgery for him. And the Trooks, uh, actually probably the best game of last week, for the neutral viewer, uh, one-point winner over the Broncos. Um, I imagine we've gone the chooks here, boys. The Dragons have been pretty woeful since the party at Vaughnies. Big time, yeah. Yeah, yeah Vaughn. Yeah, chooks as well. Chooks here. Uh, Call me Judas. <laughs> but there's two here. Um, they are favourites, they're 28. St. George are out at $3.75 at the moment. We've got a line of 11 and a half. Dragon. Yeah. I Hey, the plus 13, that's where it's at, baby. And the 11 and a half, they're the ones you take all day. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this one up. Uh, the Broncos take on the Warriors. Uh, Brisbane, mm. uh, the young Broncos, Xavier Willison, did his ACL. Uh, he's only had a handful of games, poor bloke. Wishing him all the best for his uh, recovery. And Tyson Gamble will be unavailable through suspension for the last two weeks of the year. The Warriors have won three in a row. It's pretty rare that you get to say those words. And they'll be gunning for four in a row here. And I've tipped them. I think they I think they do it here. Uh, I think Brisbane, if it wasn't for the Canterbury Bulldogs, we'd, uh, we'd really uh, be talking a lot more about them. And we have to, you know... We've done it to death, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, very close to back-to-back spoons for for the club uh, for the NRL's richest club. Uh, back in here too. Perhaps I've picked the Warriors. I think they've been playing some good footy of late. Um, Brisbane, I think, have been playing some good footy of late too. Yeah, um, not getting the results they need, but I think the Warriors are probably just a little bit ahead of them at the moment. Uh, watch Reese Rolfs go out and beat up the Broncos just to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. Who's picking yeah. tip? Um, I've actually actually gone the other ways. I've gone Broncos. Yeah, um, yeah. well, got to keep it interesting. Uh, Warriors are favourites at dollar eighty-five at the moment. Broncos are out at a dollar ninety-five, so still pretty close. Um, we've got a line of yeah, one and a half. Yeah, that'll wrap up our week in the NRL. A, a brief we'll... mention of the rugby here on the Esky. So. What was that? I said it was about as brief as its advertisement budget. We'll talk about the rug with the rugby <laughs> union. They should be uh, paying uh, yeah. bucks. We're we're talking about rugby union. That's the it. only we reason the we're talking. To, yeah, the only reason we're talking about it is the Wallabies got destroyed by the All Blacks, fifty-seven to twenty-two. Uh, the most mm. ever points conceded by the Wallabies. They had two innocent tries for the All Blacks. Um, this is played in Perth a fortnight ago. All Blacks mm. win their twentieth consecutive uh, Bleslow Cup. Mm. So this was for the Bleslow Cup. Yeah. I think we got that wrong last night. I got that wrong. Yeah, that was me. That's all right. It doesn't matter. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are going to carry it for a bit. It's all good. We stink at rugby. Um, uh, Is it officially dead, Monks? I I think it's pretty fucking close. Um, I'd like to hope not. I think... There is a World Cup coming up. uh, No, it's it's actually on at the moment. Um, (laughs) So... So that win against so that win for the All Blacks against the Wallabies was in the first round of of the World uh, the Rugby Championship. 
It's rugby championships, not the actual World yeah. Cup. World not Cup. the World Cup. No, World oh. Cup, I think, is next year. I'm not sure. Could have gotten right. wrong as well. Oh, no, it's, it's 2023, I think, from memory. I'm just checking. Yeah, 2023. The rugby yeah. league World Cup's next year. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so this year. <laughs> yeah, so we did have games um, all the way back from Sunday. So um, the Springbok beat out Argentina 32 to 12. We obviously had that win from the All Blacks against the Wallabies. Um, after that, Springbok then beat out the British and Irish Lions 19 to 16. Um, and then, yes, sorry. That's where we're up to date then. Yeah, no, I've gone back in time. So we've actually only had the two games between New Zealand and Australia and South Africa and Argentina. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's enough, right? Um, yeah. No, they need need a better TV deal. Uh, definitely. They need a better streaming service if, gonna, if they want to stream their games. Yeah, they can't compete with the big players at the moment, I think. Yeah. Like, I understand that they've brought... So, yeah, Wynn brought them across as their marquee for their online streaming service but yeah they don't have the market for it just yet let's take our sport off the biggest streaming service in this country in ko and then no one watches it oh my god what a bad decision Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) let's go into the on the esky final round and get closer rations wrapping this bitch up um let's kick off ufc uh there's a ufc fight night on the weekend um jared cunnanier is taking on Kevin Gaslam. Uh, so mm. third-ranked Cannoneer taking on the ninth-ranked um, Kelvin. Uh, yep. Kelvin, of course, on a bit of a slide. Loss, losing four of the last five, including a pretty good fight um, against Whitaker that went the distance. Um, mm. Cannoneer, of course, also coming off on his own loss to Whitaker um, in October. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I think, as I would say here, Cannoneer is the bigger bloke. He's always going to have more silence than Kelvin, who's a guy that came up from welterweight and kind of hovers in the middle of the two divisions. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this? I think Jared gets the win in this. I think he's um, kind of improved from where he's where he's at. He's definitely in the upper echelons of the middleweight division, probably one or two good fights away from um, fighting for a title. Yeah, pretty wild that these two guys are, are meeting up uh, in the fact that, uh, that they kill the gorilla Jared Cannonier has has fought at light heavyweight. I think actually even going back, I think he's fought at heavyweight, yeah. uh, which is, which is pretty nuts at five foot eleven. Uh, and Kelvin on a on a losing slide, uh, as we mentioned. Yeah, I think I think Cannonier gets a job done here. Uh, I suppose the only uh, advantage that Kelvin has on his side is Cannonier's age. I think he's thirty seven. So mm-hmm. so no spring chicken. Um, Monks, mm. do you have the odds here for for this one? I imagine Cannoneer is is a uh, is a pretty strong favourite. Yep, yeah, he's um, favourite by a dollar sixty five to Gaslam's two dollars eighteen. And expected. Yeah, yeah. Um, and method of victory, we've got Cannoneer at a KO TKO at a dollar. Uh, sorry, two dollars eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, first round knockout at seven dollars. If you go to the round as well, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we have got a question here of who the winner gets. Um, yeah. I think Jared and Costa was booked, and then Costa pulled out of that, potentially uh-huh. COVID-related. Um, 
So yeah, potentially the winner of this mm. could get Costa. I think Gaslam maybe not so much where his ranking is. He probably needs someone. Yeah, on a slide. Yeah, he needs someone probably in that five to seven range if he does get the win on this. Uh, Vittori did just mm. come off the loss to Izzy, so potentially that's in in there. I think Vittori's like four, and he maybe maybe that he's at five. Yeah, get him and Kelvin. Kelvin wins. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think. I think um, the title fight's Whitaker and Izzy at this point. I have to see where, when and where that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last bit of news there, Peppy, about a good old Khabib. Potentially yeah. some soccer. I think, I think it's fake news. I think it's fake news. But it was widely reported earlier in the week that uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, arguably the GOAT of, uh, of the UFC, had signed with Russian third division football team FC Legion Dinamo out of uh, Mukhachkala, uh, I think that's the uh, the capital of Dagestan, yep. uh, and and it was like it was being reported as being real. Joe Rogan uh, was 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 talking about it this week, and yeah. then <laughs> the last sort of twenty four hours, it kind of seems like it, it's fake news. Have you boys heard any more on this? Yeah, I think let's not call it fake news. Let's call it media stunt. Right. Well. Yeah. This essentially is this because everyone's talking about it. You got Rogan talking about it, the hundred million dollar man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for me, I think this is more of a media stunt for that third division team. And Khabib, he loves his soccer. Yeah. He's an absolute yeah. avid soccer fan. Yeah. yeah. You've uh, seen him are on social media's running around with the football as well. So. So I think I'm, they're like they put two I'm, and two together and thought this would be yeah. a great. Yeah. So, anyways, little tidbit. Uh, if it was to happen, I thought it was massive, but it seems like it's it's more uh, just just a bit of a clickbait. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In some real soccer news, however, the EPL the EPL kicked off over the weekend, and uh, we got treated to some some really interesting results. The first game, uh, the Brentford Bees, they came up. They haven't been in the Premier League for seventy four years, and they. <laughs> <laughs> a small London club, you might have heard of them. Uh, they've really struggled recently. Arsenal, have you heard of them? Yeah. Yeah, Arsenal. <laughs> hey, Steve. Uh, I think they used to be good. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, so so Brentford knocked them off two zip. Uh, Arsenal had all the ball, but uh, but Brentford got the pickies. Um, and and absolute scenes in West London. They were showing, you know, mm. you know, granddads that that had. Been been bees fans their whole life, tears running down their face. Uh, could you imagine seventy four years? You're waiting to get into the top flight, and then you, you the first game. Yeah. yeah, you go out and you, and you beat you know uh, London Minnows Arsenal. So, so 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 really good job there for Brentford. Uh, I'm sure that they won a lot of fans out of that. United look really strong uh, against Leeds. They put five on them. They announced a massive signing of Raphael Varane. Uh, <laughs> A lot of games for Real, uh, 79 games for France. He's won four Champions Leagues, three La Ligas. He's a World Cup champion. That will really boost them um, there at the centre-back position. Paul Pogba looked really good. Bruno Fernandes had a hat-trick. Um, and nice to see a full house at the Theatre of Dreams there. Um, move, moving back down to London, Chelsea looked really good. Uh, Marcus Alonso drilled a, a nice free kick. And I think may, maybe the story out of week one, was um was Chelsea defender Trevor Chalabar. Uh, he scored on debut. It was a, a really nice long range uh, strike for him. He's been in the Chelsea program since the age of eight, um, but had never never managed to make the starting side. 
He'd, uh, he'd been on loan for the last three years at three different clubs, Ipswich, Huddersfield, and out at League Un with Florian, and uh, and he managed to, to score a real-worldly goal there. Uh, Liverpool uh, put three on Norwich. Mo Salah has scored in five straight opening days, and probably the biggest story, uh, yeah, in, in terms of results, was Tottenham knocking knocking off the most uh, the most expensive EPL squad ever assembled in Manchester City, uh, Son uh, with with the winner there. So so yeah, so good good scenes to see the EPL back up and running. Yeah, yeah, and I think everyone still thought Man City would walk in um, for this one, but got a bit of a slow start to start this season uh, so far. Um, it's a long, it's a long, long season. Long season, though. Yes, mm. yeah, they might yeah. win the next twenty straight, but <laughs> they, they definitely could do. They definitely could do. Uh, a nice story out of the baseball. We're not avid baseball fans here by any means, but uh, you boys saw uh, some highlights from the Field of Dreams game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw pictures of it. It looked pretty cool. <laughs> Essentially rebuilding, rebuilding this the uh, what? Well, it's not a set. It's a proper baseball stadium, but it's. But it was next to the set. It was next yeah. to the set that actually shot the movie um, Field of Dreams starring <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah. One, one of the few instances in sport where um, they, they recreated uh, a movie scene, essentially. Often movies will recreate a sporting scene. Um, so it's so interesting to see it work in reverse there. If you're wondering about the game, the Chicago White Sox actually won a thriller against the New York Yankees 9-8. They had Kevin Costner lead uh the boys out of the out of the corn uh uh to sort of you know reincarnate the um the film if you will and uh the other the other bit of baseball news for the casual fan the most expensive baseball card i think sporting card ever got sold this week 6.6 million dollars for a card 6.6 million dollars couldn't tell who it is or you know absolutely crazy have to look it up yourself. Yeah, six point six million dollars for a baseball card. Yeah, so I think it's for a player called Honest Wagner. Yeah, um, do you know when he played? Yeah, years. I have to look him up now. Eh? It was. Hang on, hang on. And forgive me if I've done this one before, but it was. It was him and Buzz Rothfield was his coach. <laughs> <laughs> and they were playing the lizard team and the dinosaurs. You, so. you might not be wrong here. That's all right. Buzz was saying, watch out, watch out. There's a meteorite <laughs> coming. It's going to take us all. So his N- <laughs> M- rock with all the other cockroaches. So it's <laughs> his MLB debut was in 1897. Wow. His last appearance was 1917. Well, over 100 years old. Yeah. Um, so... Played. Same amount of years as a life expectancy back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> Lived to the ripe old age of 81. Oh, um, had bat- batting average of 3.29, uh, 0.329, uh, 101 home runs, um, ran in 1,732 runs. So he played for the Louisville Kern- uh, Colonels, Pittsburgh Pirates, and then he also managed the Pittsburgh Pirates um, and coached them. Ah, okay. Yeah, long career. Yeah. Mm. Had one World Series championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was also interesting to finish off on that baseball, that Field of Dreams game. We had 
There's an Aussie pitcher in that. He's pitching oh, really? the Yankees. So yeah. yeah right. Unaware of that. Mm. Little, and, little, bit of, little bit of F1. They've canned the Japanese Grand Prix. Yes. Uh, yeah, Japan, of course, dealing with COVID. And of course, the Presley just had the Olympics there, but you can kind of, you know, how the situation with that, the bubble and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think um, Formula One wants to deal with all that. Um, same reason they cancelled the Australian one. Uh, but yes, so they've cancelled the Japanese Grand Prix going forward. The next race, though, is in Belgium, and that is next weekend. It's coming back from the summer break of two mm. to three weeks, I think, from memory. Yeah, bit F1 next week on the potty, I think. Yeah, it's been a bit yeah, of a bit weeks, so That'll be good to catch up uh, on, the, on the world's premier motorsport um, there. And, and the golf has gotten to the business end of the PGA Tour. Uh, they're going into the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, this week. They start in uh, New Jersey with the Northern Trust um, Cup. There's uh, there's only three weekends left and a lot of money up for grabs. 125 golfers going at it this weekend. That'll, um, that'll get cut down to 70 next week in Maryland and down to 30 for the Tour Championship uh, in Atlanta in three weeks' time. Colin Morikawa leads, uh, leads the field. Uh, just ahead of Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Harris English, and John Rahm round out the top five. Morikawa, 24 years of age. Uh, if he was, if he was the claim, uh, the FedEx Cup will be the second youngest ever to do it. Jordan Spieth was 23 when he did it. Looking forward to some postseason golf here, lads. Yeah, definitely. And with that, I think that wraps up this week's podcast. Um, Thank you, boys, for coming out. As always, if you enjoy this content, please consider subscribing somewhere down below. Um, thank you, lads. I think it's been excellent. Uh, we will chat again, as always. We will definitely these sports. Us- we we will definitely check them out over during the week and give you a wrap up and our thoughts of all the major stories coming out from the sports across the globe. And guess what, boys? We're locked down this weekend, but it's not that bad because it's just an excuse to sit down in front of the telly and watch a bunch of fucking sports. So that is we'll true. get around it and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, I'll see you blokes next week for the, for the next episode of on the Esky. Yes, definitely. 50th episode today. Oh, yeah, 50. Ooh, yeah. Let's go. Two more weeks and we'll be gone for a year. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> I don't know if we, yeah. I don't know if we should count those ones that we did in, uh, in, my, <laughs> in I reckon it starts from where we had a studio. About the studio, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work it out. I'll figure out when the 50th episode is for the studio episodes. Yeah, <laughs> 50th oh. total. Anyways, no, it's been a pleasure, boys. Um, it has been fun. Just have yourself a good Friday, and um, I'll um, I'll see you next week. Definitely. Thanks, boys. Catch you. Bye, yeah.